0: In a world haunted by tourists and crippled by mass transit delays, where the outlook is bleak and creativity has been sapped, two artists will unite their passion and dare to strip away the bullshit and talk about movies. Movies in the buff.
1: I never did introduce myself. Del Griffith. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. I sell shower curtain rings. Best in the world. And you are? Uh, Neil Page. Neil Page. Pleased to meet you, Neil Page. So what do you do for a living, Neil Page? Marketing. Marketing. Super. Super. Fabulous isn't that nice uh look i don't want to be rude but uh i'm not much of a conversationalist and i'd really like to finish this article a friend of mine wrote it so don't let me stand in your way please don't let me stand in your way the last thing i want to be remembered as is an annoying blabbermouth (laughs) you know nothing grinds my gears worse than some chowder head who doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut if you catch me running off of the mouth just give me a poke in the chops Oh, oh, that feels good. Oh, God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago.
0: Uh, All right, let's do it. Welcome, everybody, to a special... Surprise Thanksgiving episode! Indeed, episode. episode. Yeah. Great. <laughs> because you know I can't add any effects in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a this is a low budget production. <laughs> yeah, very low budget. Speaking of low budget, we have John dude. O'Connor. <laughs> oh, 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 welcome. Wow. that was a good burn. Yeah. <laughs> so sick, dude. Sick bird. You all might remember John O'Connor from 14 Hours of Muppet Christmas Carols. Uh, You (laughs) might (laughs) also remember John O'Connor from eighty-seven thousand hours that him and I did on Ninja Turtles and superheroes, uh, which was all of it, which is awesome. All of the episodes, Um, annual tradition
2: to have him on the Christmas episode,
0: jingle all the way. Yep, and we this year decided there were too many holiday movies that we wanted to watch, and we thought, you know what, let's do a Thanksgiving one too. So, John O'Connor, welcome back to the podcast, Epic Return. Thank you. It
3: is great to be back here. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy,
0: happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays.
3: Happy, happy, happy,
0: happy, happy. happy.
2: happy, happy.
0: <laughs> so true, so true. Yeah, we're doing uh, planes, trains, and automobiles today, which Me I couldn't too. be more excited about. This will be so much fun. Well, before we get started on this special edition Thanksgiving episode, what are y'all drinking?
2: I'm going to go whiskies? first? John O'Connor, sure. right.
3: guest of honor. So I like that. That rhymes and no one's ever said that. That's yeah, good. That's right. well, thank you for that. I'm going to use that for the duration of my life. Now, good. the <laughs> a whiskey that I got, I feel really terrible right now because you know how when you have the best intentions, but you still fail, <laughs> but you do have uh, like a solid explanation.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: So I do have stuff to drink. Um, I have two things to drink. And I got some whiskey, uh, or so I thought. Oh, oh no! no. Uh, I went to a bodega, and I would have had to go gone to the liquor store to get whiskey, which is fine. But I was at a bodega that had some, and I thought, "Oh, great! I'm gonna I'm gonna get that, and just that way I don't have to like go make another trip later." Yeah. And so I got Fireball whiskey, which is I know literally, <laughs> and I was gonna make a joke about how I was so glad to have the trashiest whiskey you guys had ever had on the show. And I mean that sincerely. I know it's the trashiest. (laughs) (laughs) Quadruple, ten times down, the trashiest. And I wanted to make a whole big joke about it. But while we were getting set up, I was reading the label, and I'm like, oh, this is not whiskey. This is a uh, malt beverage with natural whiskey and cinnamon flavor.
4: Wait, what? I did not not know that. It's It's alcoholic. But it's not, it doesn't have the, it it has too much other shit to be considered whiskey. I guess so. But the website is Fireball
3: Whiskey. So I don't know the, anyway, the point is this is trash. And I know, but I was so happy to find it and be like, oh, they're going to be like Fireball. We're drinking stuff that has a cork in it. And I was like, well, I'm drinking stuff that you drink in, on your way to NASCAR. (laughs)
4: Yeah. <laughs> listen, I've had, I've had many terrible nights and some really great mornings, actually, uh, taking fireball shots. Yeah. Um, I am also drinking. I'm very happy. I'm always happy this time of year because
3: uh, Sierra Nevada, not like I have a Sierra Nevada tattoo or anything. I like them, but they have an IPA called Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. And on the can is a little cabin, snow-covered cabin in the snowy woods or mountains or whatever. And I get this beer every year. I love it. I just think it's a delicious beer. So when I saw it in the store, I saw it last week and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to have that for the, for the pod. Okay.
0: I've never had that. I'm going to have to, I'm going to get that. It's a very good one. Bring that to my Thanksgiving festivities. Yeah. Well, I'm polishing off the Ella Jones bottle. Um, Ella Jones is a Colorado straight bourbon whiskey. And the selling point on this for me was the uh the description the family jones it's mother nature's talent for process soil seed water and wood it's shaking the hand of every grower knowing the land and the source of each ingredient it's valuing each element that adds to the creation of our spirits it's the family tradition this is ella jones a colorado straight bourbon whiskey aged for a minimum of two years milled mashed fermented distilled aged and bottled by the family jones llc denver colorado with, tech- wow. <laughs> with integrity yeah <laughs> so that's what i'm drinking it's good it's a it's a great uh bourbon uh, i will absolutely get it again uh not only for the description but it does taste good
4: nice i uh i'm going back to an old reliable um uh i have to, I am, i'm traveling uh tomorrow uh hopefully not anything like what this movie is going to be about but <laughs> um i am traveling tomorrow uh, and my, my thought was like, oh, like take it easy, chill out. Like you don't need to get, you know, you don't need to get drunk or whatever. Um, or be careful not to rather. Cause it's rare that I'm like, I'm going to get drunk now in my life. It's normally an accident. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, but I was like, oh, I'll go with like a, a lighter, easier drinking whiskey because then it doesn't feel in my mind, like in the, the initial logic was like, oh, like this isn't going to feel rough or whatever. Like it's not, it's, 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 it's not an, it's not effortful. Um, but then I realized because it is an Irish whiskey, it is really easy to drink. And I'm now at risk of having multiple over the course of the next couple hours. Um, so I'll probably have to take a water break in between refill. Uh, but also it's Tullamardoo. I think I've had it on this podcast before it's a a distillery I've been to in Ireland. I love it. Um, it's not a fancy whiskey at all. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty cheap whiskey. Uh, but I do love it. Um, the bottle is also about the size of a baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) um, So I will not be finishing it tonight, but I will be drinking probably at least a couple.
0: Yeah, well, good. Well, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Virtual cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. John O'Connor just sipped his fireball and then thought about it for a second
3: and then just nodded. <laughs> yeah, and not I, only did I nod, I looked at it and nodded. <laughs> yeah, right. You like
0: looked up, looked back, nodded. It was like, is this a fine wine that you're drinking right now? Uh so as of the time of this recording, which is the weekend before Thanksgiving, Planes Trains and Automobiles was not streaming any place that I could find. So there's that information.
4: Nope.
0: Um, which makes sense. You know, a lot of people want to watch this movie around Thanksgiving, so they're just going rent buy it. it. Yeah, or buy it. <laughs> and so because of that, there is no uh, synopsis from the streaming service. So this is just general synopsis from IMDb. IMDB for those not keeping up. <laughs> a Chicago advertising man must struggle to travel home from New York for Thanksgiving with a lovable oaf of a shower curtain ring salesman
4: as his only companion. God, bad. Yeah, people need to... Learn to filter themselves, yeah, uh, yeah they're like, maybe I shouldn't be writing movie synopses, <laughs> yeah, right, so I kind of wanted to
0: start this podcast off because you know I feel like when we you know Brett and I have done a couple of comedies on this podcast before, you know we've done you know specifically the jerk, and this is spinal tap as a double feature. was it a double feature? I think it was a double feature, yeah, I think so, um, and you know. At some point, similar to like an action movie or whatever, the the like it's it's just two people in a room telling more jokes and more jokes and more jokes. And so to add some, I don't know, uh, color commentary to this type of thing, I I don't know, some I just panache, kind of, some panache, some variation. Uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to just be like, do tell our worst holiday travel story oh yeah kick it off so brett you're traveling tomorrow hopefully this tomorrow won't be your worst one but what is
4: do you have one yeah i'm traveling tomorrow on the same airline going to the same place um so this was when i I was younger um I, i it's not my it's not my personal worst but it is one that i remember as being like hmm my, my mom feels really seems really stressed out right now. <laughs> this is not a good experience because <laughs> um, I mean I personally have had things where I've gotten stuck in ice storms and I flying back for our graduate school showcase. I got I had had to sleep that spend the night in JFK um, and and Delta was like here's seven dollars for dinner. It's like. Mm. Because it, in, uh, yeah, it, infuriating. Yeah, it was really, really frustrating. But the one that the one that is most vivid in my mind uh, actually also involves the city of Chicago. Um, we, uh, my mom, my brother, and I were flying. Um, I think we were flying back to Kansas City or to Cleveland. I can't remember. Um, but it was, it was at the holiday time, there was a ton of, ton of snow winter and flying through Chicago is never a good choice. Um, but sometimes you have to, when you live in the Midwest, because it's Chicago and it's the second busiest airport in the country. Um, but so we, we, I, I think it was when we were going to Cleveland because, uh, when we left Kansas, we, they, we got on board or like, we are fine, yada, yada, yada. They, 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 they pull, they pull the plane back and then we sit on the tarmac for like 45 minutes because of a scheduling thing. Um, like the, some other plane had a mechanical function. We were last in line or we were having a mechanical, function, I don't know. Um, but it was like 45 minutes or an hour that we were just sitting on the tarmac. Um, we finally got off, uh, or you know, f- finally took off. And in the middle of the flight, um, the, the 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 aircraft team um, came through and started handing people boarding passes for their um, for their connections because they were going to miss their connection. Um, so anybody that was going to miss their connection, they just rebooked them on the next available flight and handed them their new boarding passes. Well, our connection fell outside of that parameter by like five minutes uh, because, uh, so we didn't fall into that auto search that they ran of us definitely missing our connection. Cause we were going to touch down at 1105 and our plane left at 1110 right. or whatever. Um, and so I remember, I remember as we landed in O'Hare, my mom turning to me, I was like 10 at the time. Um, And this is, I mean, this is the nineties kids, you know, a lot more freedom. um, A lot more, you know, this wouldn't, my mom would never do this today, but it was the nineties and whatever. But I remember her turning to me on the plane and being like, when we land and you get outside, you need to run to this gate. Uh, (laughs) Because she is, I mean, my brother's four years younger than I am. He's a small kid. She's got our carry on bags, like, and she's not running with him um and it's o'hare yeah, uh which right. is shaped like a spider web if you've ever been to o'hare and can be kind of confusing but i knew that i needed to get to gate c 58 or whatever and we landed at gate d12 um and so i just remember hauling ass as a 10 year old through o'hare kind of like in a home alone movie yeah. um, when they're trying to catch the the, the plane at the beginning of the movie yeah um I just remember hauling ass and getting to the gate on time, seeing the plane and the gate. And I'm like, we're here, we're here. Little 10 year old Brett. Uh, and the, the gate agent was like, well, is your, is your mom right behind you? Cause we have to close the door. And I was like, well, she's coming. She's, she's just like maybe a couple minutes behind me or whatever. Um, and she goes, I'm sorry, we have to close the door. Uh, and so then they closed the door to the aircraft And then my mom showed up after they closed the door and I recognize that there are safety things and checks they have to do and they can't reopen the door once it's closed. And, but we sat there and watched the plane sit there at the end Uh, of the, at the end of the thing for like 15 fucking minutes. Um, and then, uh, my mom proceeded to then lay into the, or, or express our frustrations with the (laughs) gate agent. Uh, maybe lay into is not generous, but, uh, yeah, and so then they we we finally got rebooked um, on a different flight, and then coming back there was just more of that nonsense where we we missed a plane because of weather and we got redirected and rerouted, and eventually. They put us, um, they put us in first class. We 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 had like four legs of this trip there and back, and three of them we flew in first class because they the United handled the, the 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 details so wrong. But I, just, I just remember hauling ass through as a kid. Um and getting <laughs> to the gate and feeling like I had done what I was supposed to do, <laughs> right. like I made it there. I didn't get lost. The plane was still there. Door still open. I, I, a door was still open. I told them my family was coming. Yeah. Um. Dude, I gotta give what, it to you. I would have had like a
3: panic attack at ten years old running through O'Hare Airport, like with my flight on the line.
4: I can't. But good for you, man. I would have just broken I, I, down in I tears mean, and been like. Hey! <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I think like from a 10 year old perspective, I think it was kind of like a, it, it was one, a challenge, not a challenge, like it, or it wasn't a challenge for me to do it. Um, but it was like. A competition. Like, a game. yeah, it was a competition, right? Like something that I needed to, I needed to do something. Um, let me try to do it type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was also, I I was lucky enough to have flown a lot in my life at that point in time. Um and and as a kid, like I knew that I know how to follow a fucking sign if it says G one to G forty, G 38s in in the middle of that, and I can find my way to that gate. So travels just the fucking worst, man. That was my
0: takeaway from this movie. Just like the reason that it, the reason that this movie still works, for in my opinion, and we'll you know come back. to Everybody catch the other it's so relatable i mean it's like everyone if there's one thing everyone can relate on it's like how shitty when when things are going wrong when you're trying to get somewhere then everything goes wrong you know Mm -hmm. and the movie was based on a real experience that john hughes had where he was trying to get from new york to chicago and he had to fly to kansas because of weather and it took him five days to get back to chicago so it's like it all comes from truth you know that's crazy I'll say mine, you know, mine's not too, too long and it's not necessarily the fault of airlines, but it's more just like holiday travel. Um, it was when we were in grad school and we were doing the Henry's, uh, Henry four and Henry five in rep. And so we had to rehearse through the holidays and it was a year where I was like, man, it, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't spent Christmas away from family ever. So we had literally a day we had, you know. We had like Christmas Eve night and Christmas day off or whatever. And so I flew and did literally a 24 hour trip where I arrived at like 7 a.m. and then left at like 11 p.m. on the 24th so I could get back in time for rehearsal. So I fly into Denver. It's always, you know, everything's rushed. Every, you know, lines everywhere, and it's a panic, and we're rushing everywhere to make sure I could see all the family that I have in Colorado, both sets of family, get the parents, get the, you know, do the Christmas Eve thing instead of Christmas Day. It was such a rush trip, forcing this huge, like, Christmas dinner that we normally would have on Christmas Day but did on the 24th. And, you know, we're in grad school, so we don't have a lot of money, so I just scarf it down, you know, big Italian meal. And I had to go from Colorado to Atlanta to North Carolina instead of the direct flight. So I get, you know, we rush then from my grandparents' house, get me to the airport just in time for me to get the flight, you know, all the, the normal shit. I get on the flight. I finally sit down and go, man, I don't feel, ooh, I don't feel good at all. And it was stomach bubbly things. And the plane was just like starting to take off. And it's the long leg from Denver to Atlanta. And I sat there with my head between my knees, holding a barf bag the whole time, trying not to just annihilate this plane. And it was the worst three hours of my life, probably, (laughs) of just sitting there trying not to vomit into a puke bag. Cause you're like, as soon as you know that that's coming, it's not gonna stop, you know, after that. So somehow I'm able to like gag enough to hold it until I get out in Atlanta and I fucking book it to the bathroom, and I'm in the bathroom for an hour. Just whatever it was, both ends, it was just the fucking worst thing. And I'm sitting here trying to fly back so I can do this dinky ass, you know, no line part in the Henry's that I'm not even need to really be there for anyway. And I'm throwing up and it's the worst fucking thing, and I almost miss my flight from Atlanta to North Carolina And so then I have to sprint to get to that after I've been puking. I mean, and then I get back to North Carolina finally. And then I can't go to rehearsal anyway because I can't move without throwing up. And so then I have to sit there alone in North Carolina over the holidays because of this whole fucking travel thing. So that's like, doesn't have anything to do with, but just like the time of year where when shit starts going wrong, it just, it's just the worst at that time. You're cold and you're, I don't know, everything's
3: bad. Everything's worst and yet we still do it
0: still yeah, make that good
3: does i never really had a bad flight or anything but i did have a bad bus ride which that's on me
4: <laughs> <laughs> were <laughs> you know, driving like... the bus or no yeah, yeah right.
3: no so we obviously we all used to work at the same job on the overnight shift so one night a few years ago this is probably four or five years ago christmas was on saturday i think or sunday i don't remember but whatever i think it was Christmas was on Saturday, so December twenty third. I picked up a seven pm shift, so I worked seven pm to two am. Then I left, hoofed it, or took the subway one stop, and then got on Megabus at two thirty to forty five in the morning, a Megabus to Boston. Oof. And like an idiot, I thought no one would be on this bus. <laughs> forgetting that like oh so many people come to the city and it's a big tourist thing and the bus was sold out at 2:45 in the morning oh. we're on the bus now the thing about megabus in manhattan is it's at like i think 30 it's 33 33rd, Street,
4: 33rd. Yeah, it's, so yeah it's right around there
3: so manhattan obviously is this long skinny island so you have to drive a hundred blocks through Harlem and all that stuff to go into the Bronx to then move out to New York and connect. Yeah, if
4: you're going up east, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So you have to drive 100 blocks through the city. And we're driving for five minutes, maybe. The girl in the seat behind me, <laughs> in the seat behind me. Throws up all over the place. Ah. Oh we are like not, we're not even past Midtown. And it's like, blah, 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 blah,
0: blah. <laughs> and how long total is the bus ride to Boston
3: with no traffic? It's, it's ah, three to four. So with and traffic and at, at that at time, there's no traffic. Luckily, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So, but it's still four hours to four Boston. Hours. Yeah. And then the thing is, I'm then going to take a train from there back to my parents' house or whatever, but that's not so bad, but. Yeah, just knowing, knowing 10 minutes into the trip that it's just gonna be pukey in here <laughs> for the rest of the time we're in here. Ugh. It was so bad. And of course it was be- it wasn't like
4: she was ill, she was destroyed. Yeah, she, was she was fucking so, drunk. Yeah. So yeah. drunk. And it was one of those drunk pukes. Right, because it's oh her my- last day in the city and does want to pay the hotel for the extra night or whatever. Oh and then, my uh, yeah. word. Oh my word. Anyway, <laughs> I've luckily, been on buses like that before. Yeah.
3: I've had some like delays and stuff, but it's never been at the holidays. That was the only one where I would just, I remember thinking, I'm, I don't think I'm ever doing this again. From now on, I will pay double and take the Amtrak train. And I always have ever since, unless yeah. I can't get a seat on the train. I've always, it's double the price and I don't care. I'm like, I, let's yeah. just go. I can plug something in and relax and there's nobody getting sick. And if they are, it's because they're ill. Yeah. Right. Right. It's so 100%. funny that you told that
0: story, John, because when the reason I thought about asking this question was because during the movie, you know, they're sitting at the the bus station or whatever, and, and you say, hey, let's just take the bus. And John Candy says something like, you know, you thought your mood was going to get better. It won't or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I thought in that yeah. moment, I was like, oh, man, when you and I were in Providence, I was like, I remember mm-hmm. you telling a story about being on a bus where the woman puked and I forgot it was, that it was holiday. It was a holiday was that, thing. Yeah. But I it was, was like, was man. Christmas yep. Eve morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh that's
4: the worst. I'm gonna was, We man. gotta I'm gonna We start, gotta move on. Okay. I'm so, gonna start gagging. <laughs> <of> vomit, <laughs> Thanksgiving
0: on- movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh so I've been kind of, you know, on this season interested in how movies start, John, just to fill you in. So just starting at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Sound of music, anyone? All right, moving on. It's kind of cool, uh, you know. It's it's pretty straightforward. Intro and en, entry intro to this movie. You know, nothing like crazy or anything. You know, we. I, I think the the fun part for me was just hearing the the sound effects of of the planes, the trains, and the automobiles. Um, you know, engines and whatnot. And you're sort of like, all right, cool. So you know, this entry into this world is going to be about. Travel. It's gonna be something about travel. I mean, clearly we know at this point, but you know,
4: looking at it from a first-time viewer. If you if you walk (laughs) into this movie in 1987 and to a movie titled Planes, Trains and Automobiles, and you're surprised, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you need to have a really deep self-reflection.
0: Look, there was some weird shit in the 80s. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna judge. You know what I was Uh, pissed about? No boats no boats nope. i know right well no boats there is going to be a sequel or a sequel i don't know if it's a sequel but a remake yeah. um of planes trains and automobiles starring will smith and kevin hart yeah. so maybe they will get on yeah. a boat boat scooters and paragliders
2: yeah,
3: they, right. i really did as i was surprised by the simplicity of the of the intro but just the sounds, you know, that you, you hear some sounds of cars and whatever, planes and stuff, and then you the words, it's an animation and they rip across the screen and it's mm-hmm. so huge.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The the text, the font is so humongous that you only get like two or three letters at a time as it flies across the screen. It's pretty cool. I, I really I made a note about that and I was like, Oh, this is that's kind of fun. I wasn't anticipating anything like that. It was yeah. it was not like any intro to a movie I'd ever seen. Yeah yeah I'd say in general i was i
0: i was surprised at at how you know this is again really not meant to be a pun and i i would claim it if it were, but how much it moves the pacing of this movie like it really does just like the title zooms across and then we're going you know like there it 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 is a fast and furious and tight ninety minutes under ninety and um you know, I think that was, you know, you, the, we, we first see it goes like it says New York two days before Thanksgiving. And, you mm-hmm. know, all three of us know that we're just like, oh, boy. Uh,
3: yeah, I that whole thing. I loved the opening, the entire opening sequence. I thought it was amazing. And I loved how. The animation goes by New York, two days before Thanksgiving. Like you said, we've been here. We know what that's like. That is a disaster. Oh, my God. It's the The idea of it. I live here. And the idea of having to be there during it. I'm like, I don't want to leave my apartment. And I love the shots here in a row because you get that shot. It's like New York, two days before Thanksgiving. And you get that. It's like a menacing-looking building, this giant uh it looked like a like a fortress almost like this it's like staring down at you like a gargoyle Mm. and then the next shot is the the super fancy watch yeah and it's i love that because it's like what time is it oh man it's getting it's getting late and i love how fancy his watch is because it's it's such a reflection of who he is what he's used to how how nice is how and how nice his life is yeah you know he's Mm -hmm. used to comfort if a guy has this watch he's, he's doing pretty well for himself Yeah. Right, And he is about to be so uncomfortable for so long.
0: (laughs) For literally the next 86 minutes.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I love the boardroom where they just have to sit in silence while some schmuck makes a decision. Yeah. I love the whole thing where they're just sitting there quiet. And then the guy finally comes around like he's gonna say something. It's like a what is it like? A, it's a two minute thing, it's like maybe. Two minutes, Probably, yeah. And then he just as you think he's about to say something, he sits back, puts his glasses on, and picks up the photo. Yeah. Again, Again. I thought it was an outstanding. Again. Oh, it's yeah. great.
4: Opening. And then you, because you, oh man, you know they're like worried about getting their flights, and you know that he knows that they're not from the New York office. They're the Chicago ad guys that came in to do this presentation, but he's a New York guy and. Even when he leaves, he's gonna get in his private car to the helipad. That's gonna then take him to fucking Connecticut, the Hamptons, or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, that that I I've started to gain a um, a new familiarity with that part of town, and so it it feels very much like that over mm-hmm. there.
2: Sure, um,
0: I just think it's so cool the way that like the, the 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 like I mentioned the pacing at the beginning of this. It's all like boom, 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 hustle and bustle, you know, the, the title goes across. And then we land in this boardroom and there's nothing. It is silence, silence. and yeah. still. And like this entry into this movie, all, us as audience are like, okay, we got to get going. We got to get going. We got to get going. And already 90 seconds into the movie where we identify with, with Steve Martin's character, Neil, where we're just like, can we, like, we gotta go. It's two days before Thanksgiving. It's a you know, we get the close up with the weird, like, 80s highlight of the plane time of like 6 p.m. You know, mm-hmm. lands and right. Whatever. It's so odd that they yeah. highlight
3: that on the, the boarding pass. <laughs> they like put a little spotlight
4: on. I know it's the... so
3: dumb. <laughs> yeah, one thing really I wanted was. to say before we go too much further I was shocked to learn I had never seen this film before at this time. What? What? I'd never, yeah, I'd never You'd seen never it. seen this?
0: No, I had. Never I didn't seen know this movie. that. Me yeah. either.
3: Okay, hold the phone. Then, what's your general like? Did you enjoy your movie? Like, did you? Oh enjoy yeah, watching? I did. Okay, I was very shocked because I know John Hughes, and I know that he had this giant body of work, including Home Alone, and like, which is one of my favorites. But yeah, I was shocked because in my mind, John Hughes is a family film director. Uh huh. And even though there's not that much in this film. To push it into the rating, it's got an R rating. Yeah, because of one scene. Well, I I was gonna say there's a scene where they're taking a cab later. We'll get into it, and they're the guy driving the cab has he's a weirdo and he's got all nudie pics like up in the cab that they're driving. Yeah. So aside from that, and aside from the scene where later Steve Martin is losing his mind, there's (laughs) nothing in this movie that would make it rated R. It's literally like you said, that one scene, and then. If they had a different shot in the cab, it would have been fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was shocked that this was rated R. Right,
0: or a few less fucks. Yeah, it was really interesting. So after watching this, because I've seen this movie a a bunch of times, and um, so because of that and because I never owned it, I was able to see some of the special features. That's really where I'm going with this. And it was really interesting, kind of still just talking about this ratings and everything, watching these. They they did like, there was like a 10-minute interview with – Steve Martin, John Candy, and John Hughes, and then a moderator, and then, like, an audience full of, you know, reporters or whatever. And, you know, this would have been filmed as part of their press conference, press, uh, what's it called, press tour or whatever. And so it would have been around 88, 87, 88, when the movie came out, right? Probably in 87. It was 87. It was 87. Yeah, it came
4: out in Thanksgiving of 87. Yeah,
0: so they would have done that. I don't know when this interview took place, if it was in January of 88 or if it was before the movie came out. But the questions that the, that the audience was asking was really, really, like, illuminating. That was just like a, a cut of where society's thoughts were at that time. So, number one, the audience member asked, so and like super super uh endearing uh, not endearingly what's the, what's the word um earnestly earnestly yeah super earnest just like so are you worried that people are going to be offended by the amount of language in this movie <laughs> 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 and you're looking at Steve Martin sitting up there and John Candy and Steve and they handle it like pros or whatever but they were just like well you know that that scene where he says literally 18 fucks in less than a minute <laughs> mm-hmm. so- It's hilarious. Right. And he said, well, you know, the reason that we haven't had any bad feedback on that scene, because it is, it stems from the character's truth. Like at Mm -hmm. this point, this is his breaking point, you know? And so it would happen that way. And it, you know, whatever. So we don't find any, you know, we don't feel like it's super obscene that they say fuck that many times. And so just such an interesting point. Based on what you said, John O'Connor, it's it so true, without that one scene and a different thing on Doobie's cabs or whatever, mm-hmm. this is a PG
3: movie. There's nothing that's yeah.
0: really, you know. It there. is.
3: I there's mean, nothing else scandalous. I don't think they even have like a bitch or a shit. Or They might say shit twice or something. Well, and there's the, the you know,
0: hotel room where they, they do make a couple of, you know, gay jokes and that kind of thing. Sure, They're, yeah. A yeah. little more raunchy, but, you know, yeah, nothing, nothing really at R rating. And that was another thing when in that interview, another audience member said, "Hey, John, how did you find the? How did you choose to cast Steve Martin and and John Candy? Because there's that one scene in the hotel room, and I just don't know of a lot of actors who would actually do that." <laughs> and you're like, "What is happening right now?" Like, <laughs> you, then you don't know a lot of actors, buddy. Yeah, right. And actually, John Hughes kind of was like, "Well, that's why I cast these two actors." Kind <laughs> <had> of <to> like <laughs> said that same kind of thing, but. Yeah, it was just a really interesting uh, uh, viewpoint into where society was at when this movie comes out, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. also John Hughes John Hughes had, sorry, I'm rambling like crazy, John Hughes had a, a, an unbelievable run in the 80s. He
3: was a great filmmaker. Like, he yeah. was really good at what he did, man. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I, I have nothing to add. I, I've never I, heard somebody I, be like, John Hughes sucks. Because, <laughs> because the entire room would just be like, "Why don't you leave and never yeah, right? come back?" <laughs> yeah, please stop. You don't talking like to Home us. Alone? Get out of my life and yeah. never text me, call me. I'm gonna block you.
0: And all the like Chevy Chase Lampoon van- Vacation yeah. movies too. He did, you know, like he he's he really did have an illustrious career. And I think what's what's so cool about John Hughes, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier on this on this episode, is the reason that he works so well and the reason that his movies are still so beloved is that they all still stem from truth, right. you know, and are so relatable. All right. I'm going to be done talking for the rest of the podcast. It's your guys' turn.
4: Yeah, no, I like I, this, 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 like you, like you said earlier, this movie moves it at, at a pretty incredible clip. We, we are, we are into the, the bullshit of trying to fly home Within a few minutes, right? Because he's out of the ad agency. Finally, um, he catches the elevator. Um, his fucking snide-ass friends, like, "Why don't you take the eight o'clock with me? You're never gonna make the six o'clock." <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it's front try- of his eight. head right as the elevator.
0: You're never gonna see you on the right.
4: eight. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then he has a foot race with Kevin Bacon down yeah. Park Avenue. <laughs> And and I Kevin to say, Bacon
0: came into this. I was like, "What, Kevin Bacon?"
4: Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, man. this is this just like immediately starts off into the uh, immediately recognizable, though maybe less so now, um, especially for people that are younger than us. This jockeying to get a cab at a high time, like trying to find your way to the airport when you're crunched for time, especially in a city in um, late '80s New York. Oh, yeah, right. where everybody, yeah. It,
3: which was, I never came here in the 80s. All I, I know is born. every video game, every comic book was based on living in New York City and beating up bad guys. Yeah, That was like <laughs> right, every... Yeah. I right. thought New York City was just full of bad guys. Yeah. And, and you the had the Tim Burton sp- Batmans, man. That's what mean, it, was. It,
4: it largely It largely was. It was New York yeah. was not a very nice place for a long time. Yep. Um, I mean, it still was can be rough in certain areas, but... It's largely been corporatized. Um, And, and, but in in this part of town, like park Avenue has always been where the banks are and shit like that. So like not as much, but you know, I I see the one thing that I do want to bring up about this, you know, before we move into the airport segment, at least is Steve Martin has one of the greatest absurd comedic runs He runs like a cartoon character. Yes. Yeah. Um, Like knees, knees to the chin. Arms are always flailing with the bag and the coat. He's always shaking his head and screaming in every movie In every movie he runs in, he runs this way. And it's one of those choices where you look at it in isolation. You're like, wow that like nobody does that. And then you like stick with a movie with Steve Martin for 25 minutes. You're like, Oh no, this, this motherfucker runs like that. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> uh, and,
4: and he's so, such an absurd human being uh, in most of his movies that it can hold uh, a choice like that. And just watching him run after this cab is so, uh, so funny. And just every, every time. And the thing is, I don't know. I don't know if it makes it less, if it makes it more funny, but he does it's not like, you know, because a lot of times the gag is like, oh, this person has 17 pieces of luggage and they're always struggling with the luggage and figuring out how to move with the. He's got a briefcase and a, and a, a garment bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like he flew in this morning and was mm-hmm. going to fly back tonight. He wasn't staying anywhere. He flew in this morning, did the presentation, fly back tonight um, because this is pre email yeah. <laughs> this right. could have all been done over email <laughs> or Zoom. Yeah. Right. Um, which is another thing, like the, the, the totally analog nature of this movie. Yes. And, and it, like, you know, I sound like a millennial saying that, and I, I am, but it is really stark yeah. how different this movie plays out in 2021, right? Yeah. 100%. Right? Yeah. I had and that I, with the,
0: sorry, John, let's just finish off of that. Yeah. I had that same note when they're all waiting in line at the payphone. And you're like, wow, what a what a different world than today when everyone's calling on their cell phones It still have the same result. They're all book- hotels are all booked up, but I'm not having to wait in line on a first come first serve basis of who can get to the fucking payphone first.
4: Right. You
3: know? Yeah. And if there were a payphone, you'd be like, I'm not touching that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right.
4: Ugh, somebody else's
3: phone. Yeah. Right. No
4: exactly. chance. Yeah. I could <laughs>
0: just use my Hilton app to like see yeah. what's booked or whatever. Like what a right. different world. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it's kind of fun with the like, you know, having lived in New York and and, you know, you you all know how that how that is where you 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 kind of develop weird short term relationships with people like Mm -hmm. when you're walking to work or whatever. And you're like, both of you are. Yeah. The guy that's always on your
4: subway train. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Right. 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 Or even like. There's the guy that you're like, you know, you had to shove him out of the way in order to get into the train so you can make it on work on time. And then, like, the train pulls out and you, like, lock eyes and you're like, oh, shit. Sorry, buddy. Okay, I'll never see you again. You know? So I think that's a a cool
4: thing. alternatively, you shove him and then you get on the train and then he still makes the train. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And then you're in the same fucking car and you're just like, Mm -hmm. I... I committed yeah, a crime against humanity. Am but I, that's when
3: you have to look at that guy and go, listen, I wanted to make the train. I didn't think you were going to make the train. And I was and I was behind you. So if you weren't going to make the train, I wasn't going to make the train. And if one of us can make the train, one of us should make the train. But then out of sheer chance, you also made the train. So this is really on you.
4: Yeah. Right. this is your fault.
3: Yeah. There's no point in both of us being late if you're gonna drag your feet around here, man. Like I gotta go places. I'm yes. I'm I left late for work. This might be a miracle that I get there. <laughs> but you're like moseying. Moseying yes. is not the way to move through the subway tunnel.
0: No. No. Moseying.
4: Yep. You don't have to rush. You just have to move with intention. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, right. Oh man. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun uh, that was a fun opening. And you know, I also love the little you know, he Steve Martin ends up getting to the cab and then pays off another guy. that's like, well, a guy who'd pay fifty surely would pay seventy five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I like seeing that. You know, these little we drop little hints of of the relationship that's about to ensue. That Steve Martin trips over the case, the mm-hmm. the what's it called, the chest, trunk. The, trunk, the trunk, yeah. yeah. Um, that we then, you know, it's very clearly says D. Griffith on it. And then when we see John Candy in the cab, we then also, as a cab pulls away, see shower rings in the puddle on the side of the street. Oh, I noticed that, but I didn't realize it
3: was a uh, uh, subway ring, Uh, a shower ring. That's interesting. I just thought it was like a piece of trash, like someone's hair elastic or something. Right. That's funny. Yeah. So, little, those little clues are kind of fun. And then also, can I say that shot right there, when so like you said, he pays a guy to cut him to take his cab. But then while that happens, John Candy takes that cab and drives away. So then Steve Martin chases it, but like, like catches up, opens the door, but it drives away and he drops his briefcase. And in that shot two cars run over his (laughs) briefcase yeah
2: two the
3: cab that he drops the like the cab john candy is in runs it over i think and then the next one behind it also runs it over
2: yeah
3: amazing it was either the best stunt work ever or oh it
2: absolutely, sheer sheer no, it absolutely was
0: sheer it absolutely was because yeah, you can plain, see yeah. you can see the wheels turn the second to cap hit aims the Aims, br- right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. aims for it, which makes it funnier to me that yeah. you can like see that that dude's like fuck that guy it's like classic new york like fuck yeah. your briefcase yeah, <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> 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 uh,
2: did you
4: see that did you see that i got his briefcase
0: man yeah so then we get to the airport and is this are they at jfk or yeah. LaGuardia. Yeah, they're at right? JFK. Yeah.
4: yeah. cuz they talk um, about getting from Grand Central to JFK, which right. is notoriously impossible. Like, yeah. The yeah. biggest train junction in the city and the biggest airport, it should be a lot fucking easier to get yeah. from one place to the other.
0: If you're outside Even of any New of New York the fucking city,
4: airports,
3: if you, you can't never, get to LaGuardia from fucking Grand Central. Yeah, and if you've never come to New York or or if you've never lived here, like Grand Central, Penn Station, that stuff's in Manhattan, Midtown, like 42nd Street, 34th Street. That's way down yeah. near the southern end of Manhattan. JFK and LaGuardia Airport are both out in Queens.
4: Yeah. And you have and to like leave Manhattan to get the there. fuck out in Queens. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah LaGuardia Especially is JFK. pretty close, but JFK yeah. is that's, way yeah, that's out. Yeah. Way out there. So to, to race to the airport in New York, is you, you basically can't do it. No. Yeah. You have to be
0: really lucky, hit zero traffic. It's almost impossible. Well, and this is also in a pre nine eleven New York by twenty yeah. years too. So, like, this is where you know you can leave at five thirty and get to the airport at five fifty five and run and still yeah. make your plane or whatever for a you six. You can just run up to the or... terminal. There's no yeah. security to go through. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Which is again another thing that's interesting watching it in nowadays and how different the world was when the movie was made. And yet how still relatable it is that it can still it's still infinitely rewatchable, even though it's you know
3: when he walks into the airport, and granted, we've the three of us have grown up in a predominantly post-9-11 world. So we're used to the airport being normal with the security and the getting there two hours early and whatever else. But even so, the idea of walking in, they show the shot on the wall of the clock and the clock flips to 558. And we know his flight is at six. And when that flipped, the anxiety that built in my upper <laughs> chest yes. of like, no, he's got two minutes. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was losing my shit. But I love, love the comedy because we've all had that happen, too, where you race, 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 race to make it. You give it your all wherever you're going, work, a, a flight or whatever it is. You race, race, race like crazy to get there. And then whatever happens, like, oh, the building exploded or something. Yeah, damn, so, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. They put the delayed sign. Uh-huh. So he raced all that way. And all that stress and anxiety was for nothing. Yep. Now he's got a week. Yep. And now that's even worse. And yep. I love the way the the bummer in the story just gets worse and worse and worse. It's, oh, yeah. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as soon as you think it can't get worse, it does. And then there's another hour left (laughs) of the movie. You're like, how can this get worse? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And we sit there and we, you know, this is where we get our first like true face to face meeting of of Dell and Neil. And I fucking love there's some some of this I don't love in the movie, but this instance I do the the like flashback flash memory of recognition that steve martin has of john candy and the face <laughs> yeah that 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 dell has where steve martin's like ah, i've seen you before and then you see that flash and it's just you know <laughs> like classic john candy ah, you yeah know? I, I just it, uh, you're 100 because it's a different right. shot than what we saw earlier in the movie yes it's this the one steve love. martin
3: saw not the Ex- one that we saw exactly
0: right. yes exactly fucking love it yeah
3: and i love that it's so funny to me that in this movie john candy has a perm and a mustache too. he has a perm and a
4: mustache but yep. mostly a perm
3: yeah mostly a perm. <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Uh, his
0: character design god
4: bless the 1980s god
3: right off the bat the one thing like yeah they meet each other and and they they end up in the plane together right but i thought it was so their character names
2: just it it, it,
3: for no reason i just went these these are perfect character names for these characters (laughs) yeah del griffith and is it neil Neil,
0: Neil Page? Neil Page, yeah. Neil
3: Page and Del Griffith. What, what great names for both of these characters. Yeah. It wasn't John Smith, it wasn't Mike Brown, Neil Page and Del Griffith. Well, and you know,
0: fucking uh, 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 John Hughes worked in an ad agency before he started writing movies. Like, uh, so he probably knew Adele Griffith and a Neil Page yeah. or a Neil something and a something else Page or whatever. It was either. Del Page and Neil Griffith. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah probably. Yeah, totally. I also love um, John Candy being like, hey, can I offer you a, and then he lists off just all these random <laughs> foods
3: and drinks like Slurpee. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: what? Can I buy Why a else? beer?
3: Yes. I love that he starts whittling backwards. How about a nice hot dog and a beer? No. Yeah. Well, how about just a hot dog?
4: No. Coffee? Nah,
3: no. A sandwich? No. You know, he just soda? Yeah, like you're saying. Soda. No. Ice cream.
4: <laughs> milk Slurpee. Is one of them. Yeah. Milk, is, milk is remarkable.
3: <laughs>
2: milk is so
0: funny, dude. It's
4: like uh, six thirty on a Tuesday. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was no to a hot dog and beer
3: and a soda. Milk. Milk. <laughs> For that to be oh the fourth thing you offer someone is, forever. yeah,
2: right.
0: <laughs> oh man, I, there are so <laughs> many times in this fucking movie where I'm just like, God, I want this movie to be three hours only so that I can just watch these two just riff. Like, I just want to watch all of them riff. I just want to sit with it. I, I think the next thing that I, you know, the next note I have here is I just I love the, <laughs> the plot device. That of all things, Dell Griffith sells shower curtain rings, and I love on the plane where he goes, We've ne- "We haven't introduced ourselves." Dell Griffith." And he goes like, "You know, this company, this company, shower curtain division." Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> or <whatever he> said.
3: <laughs> and it's just perfect. And I love that he has a wallet. <laughs> Just for the sh- mini shower, like mini versions of the shower rings to show you. Right, you think he's going to
4: pull out a business card and he pulls out yeah.
3: a, a sample. <laughs> and I love that he's absentmindedly, loudly chewing
0: gum. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, they hit all of the stereotypes of a horrible like plane passenger next to you. Like the guy that just won't shut up when when they like takes off his shoes and you're like, oh man, that guy. But Ooh. then he takes off his socks uh. and you're like,
3: fucking what? But, and and he, then, not only does he do it. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no,
0: you say Go ahead. Yeah, we're going to say the same he's thing. He's
3: not just doing it, but then he's like reveling yeah. in it. Oh, it oh, feels so yeah. good. Oh,
2: my oh these are, cookies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> My dogs
3: are barking,
0: he says. Yeah. Oh, my dog. Yeah, right, right. And I, and it's so like, God, I know this is going to come up at some point in this podcast. I'm just going to say it now. I, the loss of John Candy is up there with the loss of Robin Williams for me of just like what, you know, the, the, the type of person he was and the, and how much of himself he brought to the characters and, and, you know, these absurd, ridiculous, crazy characters in the like. You're the most annoying person I've ever seen, and I still want to hug you like I just love this guy so much, and this is even before the bottom drops out and we realize like all these other kind of serious moments that he has, and I just you know the the fact that like even in this absurd moment where you're going ah, oh, the dogs are barking or whatever it still comes from a truthful place where you're like that yeah that guy would say that that's not out of the realm of
3: possibilities, and we already know he's kind of off quote unquote because the interaction he has with steve martin steve martin tells him yeah i do know you you took my cab earlier and then he repeats back to steve martin as if steve martin didn't say that you're the guy that tried to steal my cab (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah,
0: right and in on the plane he says oh man i hate those guys that just keep talking talk your ear off so punch me in the gut if i ever do that and then he stops for a second goes
2: well,
3: and then he just keeps going, you know? Yeah, it's like the the scene in uh, Fargo in the in, with Steve Buscemi and the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, we can do this. Total silence. Total Absolute silence. Absolute quiet. Yep. Total, <laughs> Total
0: <fucking> silence. silence. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Same deal,
3: just oblivious. Just
0: yep. Yeah. And then at some point he goes, six buckets of my right nut says, we're not landing in Chicago. And he was like, yeah. What?
3: <laughs> what I also love is His that. these
0: phrases are so funny. Like, and my right
3: nut, like what? And it was six bucks. Yeah, right. Which is a funny, that's like saying today. That's a weird
4: denomination.
3: Yeah. 22 bucks says. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's a weird, that's yeah. a weird what? number. I also love that the old man sitting next to them. Is the old man that's at the airport in home alone with his wife that Catherine O'Hara is like trying to bargain with to take their tickets? Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't make. So many of the people yep. in this movie are in other John Hughes. Oh yeah. Movies. Oh yeah. But that old man sitting next to Steve Martin, where he's got the old man sleeping on him and John Candy sleeping on him, uh-huh. that old man is the one in the airport. Catherine O'Hara is begging. Yeah. I'll give you five hundred dollars if you go Friday, plus the pocket watch translator, plus a thousand dollars, plus it's that yeah. old guy. Right. Right. And there's a deleted
0: scene that I watched um, as part of the, the Blu-ray extras or whatever uh, that would happen right at this moment too where it's, they're on the plane and the food gets served and Steve Martin gets a burnt ass like lasagna <laughs> and um <laughs> and and Dell Griffiths is like oh yeah I always order ahead I always say on, on this airline I get the salad because on this airline it's it's you know fish salad is really good on you if I'm flying united the kitty meal, because it's a hot dog and a, and a and a glass of milk or whatever it is. And he lists off like all the airlines and the different meals that he orders on the different airlines. And meanwhile, Steve Martin's just trying to get his plastic fork into this like
3: hard ass
0: lasagna. Southbury steak
2: or whatever. Yeah. Have, yeah. Which goes, is also
3: funny. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, I just say he goes to John Kane goes, what do you think that is? And he's like, well, that's a lasagna. But because we were delayed so much, they kept putting it in the microwave over and over and over until now you're left with what that is. And Steve Martin <laughs> just goes, ah, and sits back. And then John Candy goes, well, if you're not going to eat it, and then grabs it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks to the old guy and goes, hey, this guy's not going to want the roll. Do you want the roll?
2: And the guy goes,
0: yeah, we're in the air. <laughs> John Candy goes, no, do you want the roll? And he, like, another misunderstanding of something else. And goes, okay, fine, I'll take the roll. And then John Candy reaches over for the brownie and goes, I'll take the brownie. And Steve Martin goes, no, I want the brownie. And he, like, finally gets his fork and gets ready to eat. And then the woman in front of him flips her hair over the seat (laughs) and it lands all in his brownie. (laughs) (laughs) And Without missing a beat, John Candy goes <laughs> something like, Well, I guess you don't want that brownie now, do you? Iman <laughs> goes, ah. And so John Candy reaches over, parts the Red Sea of hair, and like <laughs> picks up the brownie and looks at the old guy and goes, you want half? You want half? He goes, yeah, sure. Rips half off. goes, I'll give you the bigger piece. And then, and then it like cuts to the next scene. But it's like a wonderful scene. Wonderful scene that was cut. That's great.
3: Yeah. It's funny yeah. too, because airport airline food being notoriously terrible, yeah. you're already anticipating something bad, but not that bad. Right. You know, so the fact that it's so bad is, is great. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it's so funny.
0: It's so funny. And, you know, we mentioned it already, but just all of, all of Del Griffith's character design, like the different costumes that he's in, it's, it's easy in a movie like this that is more based in reality. You know, of course it's, you know, uh, you know, ratcheted up and, and exaggerated, but the characters are more or less living in the world we live in. It's, it's, it's more difficult to look at the design features and have a comment on them. But I think like all of the costuming, like you mentioned, the perm of his hair is perfect for Dell. And also like, you know, when at some point he gets like a red cardigan and a bow tie and you're like, what? yeah, you know, yeah. I just, I think his whole design, all of the costumes he's in, the the big blue puffy coat with the big red gloves, like it's just awesome. It just fits. You're like, yeah, that's exactly what this guy would wear. I could picture Dell going to a fucking Marshall's and being like, ah, you like this coat? And like having a conversation and be like, oh, I like this coat. I You look good. And then he buys it. You know, like, I, I don't, I think it's great.
3: Yeah, I thought his design, I actually, since I've never seen the movie in the beginning, I thought Dell was a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he's obviously some kind of a con man to a degree, right? But he, having the red gloves on, I thought that was uh, like a, a foreshadow of some kind as if he were red handed, mm. you know, as if later he were going to steal something. And then they allude to it a few times and it turns out it, was never him it was it, whatever happens in the story was an honest mistake but yeah i thought for sure he was going to maybe rob steve martin or or con him out of his money well steve martin's does. paying for everything he does
0: use knowingly use steve martin's credit card to get the the um rental car the rental right car yeah blowing yes. up yeah yeah um cool so they land in fucking wichita <laughs> that's that payphone line payphone scene which i mentioned earlier and and
3: you know we we head over to doobie's taxeria <laughs> yes doobie's taxeria i thought this was such a funny scene you know neil i mean uh uh del griffith telling steve martin oh don't worry i got a room when you called your family i called the hotel we're going to get a room it's over here i know a guy he owes me a favor and now they're in this sexy thunder cab <laughs> it's a red classic car can we start a band
0: <laughs> hot rod
3: <laughs> style oh my god and it's duh, 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 like the music is blaring there's a weird light inside of it almost yeah. and it's all red it's red and it looks dangerous and i love that it's the that guy, hydraulics <laughs> yeah, yeah hydraulics there's naked women hanging up everywhere the guy driving the cab has slick back hair, and he looks over his shoulder at them like and he winks at him like And then he Uh, keeps driving Uh and he's another guy, another John Hughes guy. He's Sergeant Balzac in Home Alone. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. I also love how
0: in all of these different scenarios throughout the entire movie, that we we get a an, an, a shot or of or whatever of John Candy and how Dell is surviving in these circumstances, and then immediate contrast and juxtaposition with how Neil Page and Steve Martin are is dealing with this, right. and like so in this in this example in the cab, it's just like John Candy's like, yeah, this is kind of crazy, right? And Steve Martin's just like. Uh, that I don't want to touch anything. This is the worst. I can't believe I'm here, you know, and it just keeps I'm getting serving. a
4: hotel in Wichita.
0: Yeah.
3: With a stranger. With yeah. A stranger.
0: In this, like, and, and then also they're like, so, like, do you know where you're going? Because we're on this back road and it's right off the highway. And, you know, clearly he's conning them out of money or whatever. So, like, you know, just another, another,
3: like, really. And the, really the deal
0: is Dell knows that guy, right? Or this guy owes him
2: that's yeah, what he says yeah,
3: yeah yeah
0: right because dell's dell's that guy is like oh yeah I, he always has a guy oh yeah i got a guy for this i got a guy there oh yeah i got a yeah. guy here you know he always knows someone that owes him yeah right the shot of the of the taking the wrong credit card is like pretty on the nose and lingers long enough that you're like hmm
4: i wonder if this will come up <laughs> is this relevant at all <laughs> yeah
0: right exactly I oh. and and now I mean there are so many favorite scenes but this first hotel scene is one of the all-time greats ever. Yeah, and it's, I love it's pretty stellar how we enter into it. And that was the first like first thing I noticed on this watch through of the camera movement in the POV of like we're going to look around the room survey and we we like land on the single bed and keep moving and then jump back to the single bed like oh <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then just all of that awkward conversation of like, and Dell looking at him.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to take a (laughs) shower? No.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean with you. I meant like, did you want to shower first? You know?
4: (laughs) (laughs) My God. (laughs) Yeah. This, this whole unfolding of, of the, the nonsense that happens in the hotel room is uh, remarkable. It's remarkable, mm-hmm. the the whole shower lotzi with Steve Martin having to dry himself with a washcloth yeah, right. because he comes out of the shower to realize that Dell has used all of the towels to soak up the beer that we then have learned we're sitting on the vibrating bed and have exploded. But uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, before we even
3: get there, he's got soapy eyes and the yeah. water turns yeah. off. The water so <laughs> well, he's got off. soap all over his face and the water goes out. And then I I was on the couch with my eyes squinched closed go, uh... because i didn't want the soap to get in my eyes yeah
0: and then the you know? shower comes back on and it's blazing hot and it's like, <laughs> ah, oh, ah, but he still can't see i mean classic steve martin physical comedy like, right right, right. Just knocking it out of the park and apparently stupid stupid trivia time Steve Martin got athlete's foot filming that scene because of the the wet towels and bathroom floor that he kept having to step on over and over to get this this shot. But anyway, he gets out of the shower and then comes out into the bed, you know.
2: Yeah,
3: and this whole sleeping sequence when he's trying to sleep and John Candy's like... (laughs) 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 And then then he gets to, like, the 30th one and he goes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't apologize after the first
0: twenty-eight. Like,
4: well, in, <laughs> the, in the the knuckles and <laughs> <the> knuckles, knuckles. <laughs> the lighter, the book, yeah, the light, the noise
3: killed me.
0: Because he's looking around and he's like, oh shit!" And and this is what you love about Dell is that he's trying. It's, it's all with good intentions. Like he's trying to do all of this so that Steve Martin can sleep. He doesn't want to turn the light on because then the light would wake him up. So instead he rustles around through beer cans and everything else to like
2: hear the sound.
0: And I love that throughout all of this, the camera is just on Steve Martin's face and we see all of this kind of fu- furry fuzzy in the background or whatever. Mm-hmm. And God, it just never stops. And I just, this is another one of those scenes where I'm like, I would watch 30 minutes of this scene of all
3: the shit that John Candy can come up with to so be funny. loud. <laughs> so oh, funny. yeah. God. <laughs> but the look on his face, because they have that shot you're describing where Steve uh-huh. Martin is in focus and John Candy's behind him out of focus, but you can yep. hear and still see it all. But then w- when he starts in with the,
2: <laughs>
3: with the <laughs> sinus and he's like pulling his sinuses out and spreading <laughs> his face out <laughs> and he's like <clears throat> doing all this stuff. And it cuts to a shot like over the bed looking at both of them. Uh huh. And John Candy's face, like you're saying, Dell is so sincere. Everything comes from a place of sincerity. His face, when he's like, <clears throat> <clears throat>
4: <clears throat> sorry, the sorry is a
0: real sorry. It's right? a real apology. Yeah. His right, face He realizes, is so like, apologetic. oh, this might,
4: this might, this actually might be upsetting or, or disruptive. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: And you have this huge, moment this huge comedic moment and and then you know steve martin finally gets out of bed and gets up and has this monologue that i don't think necessarily steve martin is it, i don't think it's he's at his best giving this monologue i think he sure. starts a little too hot and then done everywhere to go and then it goes down and you know whatever but the things that he's saying are really hurtful of course but mm-hmm. to go from this high comedic where i'm laughing so hard to that shot of john candy where he goes fine you know you want to hurt me go ahead i'm an easy target you know i i love me my wife loves me and i don't give a fuck about you it's just like i wasn't i wasn't prepared you know i
3: knew it was coming and i wasn't prepared the energy shift is unbelievable you know he's genuinely hurt by what happens that character is genuine and the thing is at this point i'm still thinking now this guy's a con man So I don't know what to buy and what not to buy. So I thought, I'm like, oh, this guy's full of shit. But then, obviously, as the movie goes on, you know, you find out more. And it's like, oh, man, that was, that's different. Mm -hmm. He meant everything he said
4: in that Mm -hmm. scene.
2: And it was Mm -hmm. very powerful. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And then the weirdest thing happens. Some random guy with a switch knife. Switchblade. Switchblade, yeah. Yeah, fuck you, Brett. He uses a
3: switchblade to pick a lock. Let's be clear about that. Yeah, right. He is a master thief in Fallout. Sneak at a hundred. Sneak, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he picks a lock, or maybe lock (laughs) picking is its own thing. Regardless, the point is the guy uses a switchblade to pick the lock to their room.
4: To pick the lock to the room for no reason. We don't know, we didn't see him spot them coming into the hotel with the diners club card. We didn't see them arrive in a nice car. We didn't see their luggage. Like, we didn't see any the of that. First time we see this guy. Yeah, first time we see this guy. And then he like cat burglars in his way into the room and like takes the cash out of the wallet like a fucking Disney villain and goes, and he folds the wallet up and puts it back.
2: I yeah, know yeah.
4: I know, and it, like it, and then and then, never heard from again, yeah right. literally quite literally a plot device, yep <laughs> they're
3: yep. just like the same <laughs> number of lines as Kevin bacon exactly <laughs> yeah,
2: right
4: He also we, doesn't speak in the movie, right yep. We have to find a way for these guys to distrust each other, so something has the money has to go missing it anybody have, got a switchblade it couldn't have been like oh somebody dropped their wallet and the cash fell out or it it or um, the wallet just gets lost or yeah or it's lost or they put it in a wrong compartment of a bag or yeah, you know right. something i don't know uh it's just the weirdest thing and like the way the burglar like is in the room and looking at them yeah. with the cash. It's so
3: strange. It's really weird, it, right? It reminds me very much of Steve Buscemi's evil villain character in Monsters Inc. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. That, like the, purple, purple lizardy guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's so true, though. He does
4: like wiggle in and then he's just kind of like. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then like disappears below the edge of the bed. Yeah. He (laughs) crawls out. Yeah. He crawls out. Yep. So fucking strange. Or slithers
0: out, right? Yeah. Slithers out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then we, we get to the, one of the most famous scenes in the movie where, you know, the cameras from the top and it pans over to see them cuddling completely. And John Candy kisses his ear. <laughs> and then gives a little nibble. Yeah, <laughs> just... <laughs> it's a kiss, and then a little.
2: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking just that alone, I'm fucking crying. It's so funny. And in the in that uh, interview, they were talking about like filming that scene. It took two days to film because you had to get one where it was just them, like the camera doing the pan over the top, and then the second day of filming was like just the close-up on their dialogue or whatever and then getting up and whatever and he was like you know I thought this was so truthful from coming from an actor like he's like we're sitting there Candy's cuddling me when nibbling my ear and you know when the camera's coming even though your eyes are closed and so in your head you're just going like don't laugh, don't laugh. Oh, camera's coming, camera's coming, camera's coming. <laughs> and then you laugh. And he's like, you have no idea how many takes I ruined because we just knew the camera was coming in your head and then just broke. You That's know? so like, funny. I love that. I love that. So yeah, anyway, so he wakes up. Why are you kissing my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between, Between two, two pillows.
4: Pillows. Oh, aren't pillows. Aren't
0: pillows. <laughs> 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 The, but the timing and the I think the writing there is so good because it, it really is that stream of consciousness, like the thought that provokes, like, kissing my ear, kissing, holding my hand, hand, well, where's your other hand? You know, like just the logical nature of how it proceeds. And then when they get up and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, oh, you
3: know, the bears, huh? bears, uh,
4: bears will be good. You <laughs> see that last bears game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. going to go all the way.
3: Great <laughs> yeah. They they react the same way that Ace Ventura does when he's holding the bat. Yep, yep. Like whatever it is, Shaka and he puts mm-hmm. him in the cage and he's like, blah, blah, blah. like, yeah, same type of deal.
4: Yeah, totally, totally. Oh my god! And then my favorite scene in the movie happens <laughs> with Owen with Dylan Baker yeah. who plays Owen. <laughs> I this, this this is after I,
0: the diner. This is after the diner.
3: Yeah, so they order breakfast and then they realize they'd have no cash, right? Yep. I just wanted to say before you talk about Dylan Baker, that shot while they're waiting for him to show up is my favorite shot in the movie. I agree. I agree completely. Because they cut to the parking lot and the way they're sitting, they're sitting on the trunk in the parking lot. Now they have no cash. They're sitting there on the trunk waiting in the gray November, Kansas, wherever they are. Is that where they are? Yeah, Wichita. Wichita. They're in Wichita. at some little motel. It's dumpy. It's gray. It's abysmal. It's they cold. have no way home. They're relying on a stranger to come get them. But this shot from the side of them in the parking lot, all of the 80s, they're probably some 70s cars, all spread out. And even though it's a very gray, dark, dreary shot, the cars, even though they're not super bright or neon, they're, they add this color and this life to this scene. One of the pickup trucks is orange. One of the, one of the pickup trucks is dark. Deep blue, but it has the the bl- the white camper attached to the back. There's a white station wagon in the parking lot. There's a mm-hmm. yellowish convertible with a black top. But it just, I love it. It added all these different colors to this really dreary scene, and I thought it was awesome. I specifically took a note about it because I thought it was so,
0: so cool. I do I agree a hundred percent. And this is also when we first see Dell and his, you know. Bright blue puffy coat with the red gloves, and yes, contrasted yes. with Steve Martin's still like pea coat or whatever. Yeah, and, charcoal color
3: and yeah. fancy hat, and the designer mm-hmm. out, you know, and like you said, designer
0: suit totally. And it's such good visual storytelling to be like, This is where they are, these are the type of people who live here or who are working here or staying here. Yeah. And then, you know, these are these two people that are. Alone, don't know each other yet, still know each other better
3: than anyone else, and totally agree. I think. And the brightest spots in the scene are yep. rusted out cars because they're all rusty and shit. Yeah, right. But they're still the bright. Aside from the neon sign in the window, they're the brightest spot in the whole shot. Yeah, totally, totally. Anyway, sorry, that was the only thing. Let's I get wanted. to no because oh, absolutely.
4: Owen Owen is a remarkable. I I've yeah. had the pleasure of meeting D- Dylan Baker a couple of oh, times. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Um, it was in Spider-Man. He, yeah, he's I mean he's a great actor. Um, and he's a, he's like a New York stage guy too. He's like mm-hmm. he he has done a lot of New York stage work. But um anyway, I to to see him I kind of like I remembered this scene but I didn't I forgot it was him so to see him show up so young and I just, this scene had me fucking dying, man. The guy's got 19 fucking shirts on. He, I mean, he, he, I mean, he literally has seven shirts on. I paused and counted. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's remarkable. And just like the, the, like, the inquisition that happens where he's, Trying to be accommodating, but is also suspect, but also wants to show how proud he is and wants to be hospitable and causes his, you know, takes his, asks his wife who's with child to load the trunk into the truck. And he's like, ah, no, don't worry about her. She had a baby that came out sideways. Didn't even scream. Didn't <laughs> even scream. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, this whole like, <clears throat>
0: Thing, yeah. Oh my God! And he's, all, yeah,
3: he's been dipping and spitting, and then he yeah. spits in his hand and wipes his face and shakes Steve Martin's hand. Oh Which God. trivia? So- trivia: John Hughes said, "Hey,
0: on this take, didn't and only spoke to Dylan Baker. Said on this take, sp- like make sure there's spit on your hand before you shake Steve Martin's hand, mm-hmm. and so that it, they got like a real reaction. So that wasn't in the script originally. So, that oh, so- was like ah." Oh,
4: it adds Fuck.
3: so much to that scene yeah that
0: oh thing. the
4: pre-covid times oh yeah <laughs> the way pre-covid times <laughs> yeah oh my yeah and like he doesn't blink either yeah. he just kind of like stares and twitches he's, and he's, yeah yeah, very, yeah when <laughs> he does very that meth-y. like very yeah. methy yes
0: <laughs> when he does that snort thing he it, it's like almost like violating because he like snorts but his eyes get big and stare right into you and you're like right Hi. and somehow
4: the snort is like coming from deep within his yeah. chest
2: yeah like
4: it's resonating in his chest <laughs> it's not like he's like oh i'm a bit phlegmy it's like no. it's, it's 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 it is it's weird it, it is, is so oh weird god. but
0: so funny yeah god fucking kills and me. we talk about on this podcast a lot brett like the the Movies that can hold certain performances. And this mm. is a movie that can hold outlandish performances, you right. know, because Steve Your Martin main character, is
4: Steve Martin. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. And he's like the straight man. John in this. Candy. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, totally. So it allows for all of these secondary and tertiary characters to come in to be absurd characters. And you're like, yeah, that that tracks that fits. <laughs> God, because we haven't even gotten to like some of the other, you know, that this is one of the more absurd characters, but and one of my favorites outside of the main two. Oh my gosh,
3: it kills me, man! It kills me. I love that they get, they're getting a ride from this guy, but mm-hmm. the ride is in the back of his
0: pickup truck. Yeah, with like a fucking rabid dog or whatever. And can't, yeah,
3: and with a the dog they don't even know was fucking there for yeah. an hour. Yeah. They yeah. go to reach for the gloves, and it's like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. it's like this rabid sheepdog Yeah. oh my gosh and we get a very classic you know this is something that I sorry a lot of thoughts went through my head but it was based on this so I'll say this first the 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 sort of classic like they've been riding in the back of the truck in winter at, at the very end and we get the like frozen faces yeah. you know when they have like the like, dumb and dumber scene exactly with the and yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. was like oh dumb and dumber this is what and this is where I was going for in this watch story, I realized how much Dumb and Dumber pulls from this movie.
3: Yes. I actually noticed there's a scene later where they're on the bus and they're, you know, uh, Dell starts getting the, the bus to sing the Flintstones song. Yeah. The Office lifted that, obviously yeah. as an homage, but they lifted that exactly for an episode. Yep. And I remember being like, oh, shit, that makes me like that so much more because they literally did it just.
4: To pay homage, homage to this. It was yeah. really cool. Right. And it's in like talking about the office, it's something that that Michael Scott would have been like, oh, I saw this happen once in planes, trains, and automobiles. Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if this happened in my real life right now?
2: Yes. <laughs> and heat.
4: down to the detail of John Candy yelling Wilma.
2: Wilma.
3: Michael Scott yells Wimma, Wilma. And then Ed Helms, who plays Andy, is like, nice as nice. if like i'm nice i know that. i know your yeah, reference that, right. yeah
0: yeah i like that movie too yeah totally totally and that's what uh, gives for a-
3: anybody that wants to know i believe that was on the episode called beach, beach games, games. Yep. yeah Beach games
0: you guys sorry to cut that's you insane. off there no no it's good please cut me off at any moment <laughs> please god cut me off no i was just gonna say i mean there, there are so many other like Dumb and Dumber, going back to the Dumb and Dumber thing of like, you know, two people in a, in the diner and what happens and what we see with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels in the diner scenes and, you know, and, and traveling via bus and scooter and, you know, like the, the, sort of Murphy's law of anything mobile that pet shop go wrong. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, in planes, trains, and Automobiles, they're driving a van that looks like a dog at one point. Right.
4: Yeah, that's you watch the right movie.
0: You know, I I also love the uh, the visual gag of Steve Martin always being crammed between two people in a space that is supposed to fit two people but fits yeah. three. You know, yeah, it's like we see it in the airplane, and then we see it again at this bus terminal or train terminal. Where are they at next? Are they the train? They're, they're, yeah, they're, no, they're at the bus first because the bus breaks down, and then they go to the train. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because the next one line is, ever travel by a bus, your mood's probably not going to, in- to improve much. Yeah. Yes,
2: yes. No, they get one- the,
0: the
4: train breaks down. The train breaks down. And, and then, then they, they go drag re- their shit to the bus station. Right? Um, uh, I think you're right.
3: Uh, yep. They have the diner. Right. Have Maybe this... I just didn't write notes. Yeah, because the they're, well, they're, they're on the bus. And they're yeah, singing, you're right. Because the bus right. only takes them to St. Louis, right? And that's where they're singing the Flintstones on the bus. Yeah. Right. And when they get there... Because
4: um, St. Louis is where they try to rent the
2: car. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm remembering out of out of order. Then I think this. Maybe I'm is wrong. Like, I don't recall.
3: Um, but there was one thing earlier that I forgot to mention that I wanted to mention. They have a moment where they cut back to Steve Martin's house, and you see his family. And I'm um, not. I don't think it is. But it's got to be on the same street, the house that he's supposed it to loo- live in.
4: It looks exactly like the Home Alone house.
3: Yeah, it's like it's like
4: next door or something. It's, it's, it's one of uncanny. those. It's, it's one of those old nor- North Chicago suburbs that has all of those brick colonial, like yes.
3: And not only that, but so it's it's Steve Martin's wife and his daughter and his son, and they're both very little kids. They're probably what five and three or something like maybe mm-hmm. they're around that age, maybe a little older. So the daughter is the older one and they start talking and it is, Oh, is grandpa coming over? Is so and so coming over? Yes, 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 yes. And then they get to Matthew Lawrence. Yep. With a blonde Dutch boy haircut. Yep. And he has one of the funniest lines I've ever heard a little kid deliver in a movie ever <laughs> about noogies. Yeah. When he goes, is, you know, grandpa so-and-so going to give, uh, give me a noogie or that's what the daughter the says. says yeah. She says, yeah, the sister and she goes, Of course, that's how he shows his love. And then he says to me, Like, oh, I, I think it's something like, Oh, is he going to give me a wedgie or a wet willy or something no, like burn. that? No, no, he's Indian he, burn. That's yeah. what it was. Indi- well, Native Indian, Native American burn, right? Burn. Yeah. That was okay to say back then. Yeah. So uh, he's going to give me what is incorrect today, an Indian burn. And he goes, huh? I prefer noogies. And he's just <laughs> yeah. this little, like, three year old kid, but it's such a genius Yeah. delivery for a kid of that. Age, yeah, and the way I was he so says it, like, he's so
0: it. sad. He's like, I preferred like, noggies, I
3: preferred noggies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, yeah,
0: yeah,
4: yeah. And it's 100% trained before bus because when they get in the back of Dylan Baker's car. They want to go to a certain town. He's like, that's not, unless you want to ride with cattle and something or other. Yeah. The, yeah. the people, the people train is in. Is in this town. That's right. Yeah.
0: yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't and yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Because there's not a lot that happens on the train. You're on the train no. and then it breaks down. For like three seconds. Like, yeah. yeah. And then they go to the bus. Yeah. To catch the bus. There is that
4: one moment where Steve Martin's like, finally, I'm free. Yeah. There's yep. like, like a. He oh. books his first class ticket or whatever,
3: and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there he's on the train home. He's sitting next to the young girl. You going on Thanksgiving, me too? Oh, yeah, right. So he nice. starts
4: doing the Dell thing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. And he and Dell separate on the train because yep. they couldn't right. get a ticket together. That's what yep. it was. Steve Martin told him, "You get me out of that train, and we're even." And he yep. gives him the gift. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, Dell. Good to see you, buddy. Love, you know, and, he go, and they go the separate ways.
0: I love the guilt trip that Dell always plays on on Neil, and oh, it starts yeah. here right after the train, where like. Dell's dragging this giant trunk through like, you know, plowed fields. And he just sort of like looks back at Steve Martin, like, "Mm, (laughs) I guess I'm just going to have to
3: drag this alone through this whole field. (laughs) And they, they just said, like the conductor just said to him like, oh, If you just walk across this field for a mile and a half, get to the interstate, there's a bus that'll take you to the station. Yeah. If you don't have to carry a 55 pound trunk or whatever it weighs, that's no big deal. But, oh, come on. I wouldn't want to have to wear a backpack and a suit and walk across that field, let alone lift a heave a trunk the whole way. In the middle of
0: nowhere, Kansas. For a mile and a half.
3: Yeah. In November. Fucking way.
0: Yeah.
2: Through
3: a field, not yeah. even down a street,
2: like <laughs> through
3: <laughs> dirt and grass and yeah. whatever else, you know? Right, right. Yep, yeah. absolutely. And this absolutely. is where they end up, I think, at the the bus station. And then Steve Martin can't get on the bus. Is that the deal? Because that's when Dell rolls up with the car and almost hits him. Isn't that the spot? Steve Martin tells the guy who's working the no, bus. No, because like, they go
0: to the they, they they take the bus to St. Louis, and then they're trying, then they go to the airport in St. Louis to try and catch a plane right. from St. Louis to Chicago so right, on get that rent, bus ride to get a rental car yeah right and they yeah right to get a rental car to get to get back to chicago because on that bus ride where they're singing the flintstones and everything yeah, there's also that moment where steve martin's like oh yeah i know one and he starts singing. Something
3: <laughs> <that nobody laughs> three knows. coins in a fountain or something yeah,
2: yeah and
0: everyone's like you, you guys know this right
2: you him. guys know this
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Flintstones <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, nothing. Yeah, and then to raise enough money, John Candy then, uh, after the bus ride, starts selling shower rings to <sighs> underage girls.
2: Uh, <laughs> and anyone who will listen,
4: including- You look at at least 19 I've... or 20, and they just hand him cash.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is another one of those moments where I'm like, I want- 30 minutes of john candy just riffing i want the track of how many different things did he come up with because the things that he comes up with are fucking hilarious
2: yeah, like
4: very,
0: this is very
4: czechoslovakian good. ivory this yeah. is, is daryl strawberry's world series sign ring or whatever like yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> this is this is walter cronkite's mood ring <laughs>
2: what?
0: it's so random and so funny that i just i just want like i want the take of how many times that they god is so funny yeah because then this is when candy's in the cardigan and bow tie and then they're at the the diner and steve martin goes yeah i think you know we need to separate you know we we haven't we've gotten this far or whatever and this is another one of those energy shifts where john candy like This could have so easily on the page read as like, no, it's fine. Cool. Whatever. Like, I'm fine. This is still funny. But John Candy internalizes this in such a wonderful way that he's like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm good. No, we're fucking fine. Okay. Fucking pay because you're fucking asshole. All right. And it gets really real.
3: And I loved it. I really loved it. You clearly see how hurt Dell is by Steve Martin's suggestion that they should split up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You see very clearly he's very hurt. Any, any. Get, he wants to get out of there. He wants to give him his space, but he's very hurt by this request or yeah. this suggestion. Right, right. Because Steve Martin doesn't say like, I'm out of here. He says, eh, I think it's best if we, you know, we'll probably have a better chance of getting home if we go our separate
2: way. Right. Oh,
3: okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. You paid for everything. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Yeah. And it's a very gruff, very, let me get out of here. And so much so that when he leaves, Steve Martin puts his head in his hands because mm-hmm. he feels bad.
0: Yeah, he's like shit, I fucked that up. I I fucked that up big. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is
3: when I think Steve Martin goes outside to either get a cab or get something. He goes to the, the, the rental guy... car it's rental yeah, it's car. The,
4: it's the bus that takes him to the rental car first lot. Yeah. Yes,
3: and he gets there and there's no car. Yeah. So then he Steps out, throws his receipt like the whole because the bus
2: yes. leaves him there. Or he
4: runs after him with like <laughs> the wacky, wacky, inflatable waving arms tube man or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: with Why? The, Why with a fedora with a briefcase? He's yep. hoofing it in a suit. He hasn't changed in two days. He's just nasty. He gets all the way to the spot, and there's no car. And he loses his shit. The bus leaves him there. He has to walk three miles back across the highway down a down like an embankment of a, of an exit ramp, snowy hill. Slips yeah. and the snow falls. All the stuff goes everywhere. <laughs> he's literally walking across a runway. <laughs> yeah! the planes backseeing on the runway, flying over, him. <laughs> and he's just in his suit, just
4: stomping along. And he, the, there's a there's an utter there's a mutter that the, the, like an utterance that happens there where you have no idea what you're fucking dealing with. Yeah, who you're messing with or
2: whatever.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when he gets up to
0: the counter, oh my, he has God. his tie like when he enters the airport or the whatever his tie's like around his head? Yeah, around uh, like, his ears, yeah.
3: specifically to keep his ears warm. To keep he has his ears his, warm. Yes, his tie tied like a shemp, like from the Three Stooges, <laughs> like tied around his head. Yeah, like a tooth, like he had a toothache. Yeah, but to cover his ears, and he goes up. He looks like he's out of Oliver Twist, man. He's all dirty. His clothes are ripped. And And then it
0: juxtaposes with this like bright and cheery woman who's just talking about Thanksgiving, and she's just from the Midwest. From the Midwest, Gobble, gobble, gobble
3: gobble. (laughs) <laughs> From Ferris Bueller's Day Off, she's yep. one of the women that works at the high school. If you, <laughs> yeah, she's a
0: very righteous
3: dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's another lady.
0: another useless trivia thing in an interview with her in these special features. She said that they were on. She was <laughs> she was on the set of of Ferris Bueller, and. John Hughes comes up and says, hey, can you read this for me real quick? Because they were standing, they were standing for lighting things or whatever. And it was this scene and she read both parts and just like read it through. And she's like, well, I just figured John Candy was, sorry, John Hughes was writing a new movie and just wanted to hear it out loud. And then, nope, that was her audition. She auditioned for that while on set of Ferris Bueller just reading it. And John Hughes was like, yeah, I absolutely cast her because this one scene requires such specificity in comedy. Of the looks and the timing and she's, and she goes, okay, so what I did specifically, once I knew, like as character, that I had to still be the uh, customer service agent, but he was giving me lip, I did the stone face where all of it just went, mm. and then I took my pen, I put it in my hair, and before scratching, I twirled it three times and then went in and scratched. And like, I just loved that interview of the specificity of the timing of which, because John, mm-hmm. you and I have, the, have had this conversation ad nauseum of comedy and timing. And if someone, you know, coughs during a silence right before the punchline, then 10 minutes of setup is out the window, you know? So the fact That's that actually, John Hughes goes, hey, I know that for this scene to work, to sh- for Steve Martin's character to shine in this,
3: we need this specific person to play these specific moments you know just love it 100 and she's the perfect person to do it because it's funny the character is obviously kind of self-absorbed steve martin gets to the counter she's on the phone talking about a recipe or thanksgiving or and when he says something she holds her finger up and, and she doesn't just, look at him <laughs> <laughs> she puts it up like oh just a oh, second. Oh. let me finish this phone call yep and that's what i mean he's already gonna go off but that's really what sets him off
4: how can I help you? You can start by wiping that dumbass smirk off your rosy fucking cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> the start of that dude is so good. It's the first F-bomb we've heard. And it's yep. just like oh shit got real it's about to go down it's it's been real but he's finally had it
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah because we that's such a good point brett like we as audience are like we've had it for the past 30 minutes but somehow neil is still like keeping his shit together and we're still as audience we're like when is this guy gonna fucking break like at some point how much can he take yeah and so when he walks up and he says that line you're like oh god (laughs) All right, so the next thing, like, so yeah, the, that that whole like, I don't know if we we're, we we can't be done with that scene without talking about, you know, Brett. You mentioned the beginning of that opening line, but then like the fuck every other word, the fucking this to fucking do that, which will fucking do that and fucking give me that or whatever for a full minute. It's it's a br- it's brilliant, you know. The writing there is brilliant to be like this I is. Want a Fucking car.
3: Right fucking now. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? The way Steve Martin delivers it. May I see
4: your rental agreement?
3: Yeah, right. Steve Martin hits. He does not, if you'll notice, it's not like he's lost control and that he is like a blaze of fury. Everything is so calculated. He never says fucking. Every time he says fucking, It's I-N-G. He hits the G on every one. Yeah. Because that's the level he's at. It's not in the fucking thing and fucking, fucking, fucking. No. It's, and you're going to get me a fucking car with a fucking key. And I'm going to fucking fill it with fucking gas and push the
2: (laughs) fucking
4: gas pedal. You know what I mean? It's all,
3: it's like edge of oblivion stuff. Yeah. All the way to the point.
4: And I really didn't care to walk fucking walk down a fucking highway (laughs) and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile in my fucking face.
0: Yeah. 100%. Totally. That's such a good point. Yeah, that, that even when Steve Martin's character explodes, there's
3: still a specificity and control over this vice grip it's like he's holding this fury balloon and it's full of air and he's just bleep, bleep, yeah, right. yeah, right. He's just letting a little bit out. There's no uh-huh. explosion. Yeah, right. It's 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 just trickling out of him. It's like lava is trickling out
2: of him. Yeah. You right. know, I love yes. that about it.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, it's so fucking funny, man. It is so good. And and then he of course walks out and He's still like just in a like I don't fucking care anymore. Like I am I'm, don't fuck with me right now. This is where he
3: breaks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, this he, is where and he breaks. Yep, and he goes to the taxi <laughs> taxi stand and goes where to? Chicago. What? <laughs> you know, like the the taxi like hailer guy. Do you know you're in St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <what? laughs> like imagine going to LaGuardia. You get into LaGuardia and you go to the taxi stand and you're and they're like, all right, where are you going? Connecticut. What? Or like Boston. Do, do you know you're in New York? Like that's going to be a $700 cab fare. <laughs> the yeah. city of New York doesn't drive to Boston. So funny. And he just punches him. We get a great slapstick Steve Martin punched face with, you know, you almost see the like birds flying around his Straight head. Straight
3: out of, I was going to say, it's like a Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly falls down.
0: John Candy whips the car around to stop right in front of his face. And I'm like, are you crazy? I only thought you, you know, help that man up. And Steve Martin goes, no, no, don't do it. You know? Yeah. And he grabs him by the nuts, by the nuts, which he does that. And then there's a hard cut to Candy and Martin sitting in the car. Steve Martin's just reeling. And John Candy says, oh, I've never seen a guy get lifted up by his testicles before. <laughs> That line fucking killed me because, again, the sincerity where he's like, wow, that was
3: I've I've never seen a guy get lifted up by his testicles before. <laughs> and then can I, I just want to make sure in the movie right here when Steve Martin talks
2: it
0: kind of sounds like this. Oh, man. yeah. He's yeah. like, leave right. it alone, Dell."
3: Yeah. And I wanted to say here one thing that I love about the car they're in. It's a green car with wooden panels on the side, which that's mm-hmm. that's. Station it's wagon one oh one. That's the, that it's the it's a Vegas one, yeah. Didn't even pick that up. Really smart. Yep.
0: God, I also love this this is another great scene where I didn't write down word for word because I was just enjoying the hell out of it where you know Steve Martin's now they're in the car, right, and they're driving. This next conversation where Steve Martin's driving, and it's the scene where where John Candy is like, I think it's either right before or right during where he's adjusting the seat. Yes, you know. But and it, I think it's right before too. that where he's like, hey, you know, would you just stop already? You know, you're annoying or whatever. And John Candy goes, ah, you know, you annoy me, too. And Steve Martin goes, how? Tell me how. Like, I'll tell you. You you play with your balls a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I do not. And John Candy goes on and on, like just these one liners, just boom, 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 boom. And John oh, Candy goes must something be like,
4: swell to be so perfect and odor free. <laughs> yeah
0: <right. laughs> oh my god candy goes something like Larry Bird doesn't handle as many balls as you do in a night yeah. or whatever as you do in five minutes or something and Steve Martin ends up saying something like god you know what I want right now and John Candy says another hand with three more balls to fondle <laughs> god it's and that combo just comes out of nowhere you're like what because we haven't seen like it's not like steve martin's always like playing with his crotch or anything like we never see it happen you know right so funny man god i just love it i also
3: this scene i love but i also don't remember the sequence but i have written down Because Steve Martin, he's adjusting the seat so much. And it's like the first car that did it probably, or one of the first cars that had an adjustable seat where it was automated, where you press a button and it moves around and you Uh hear the gears. (laughs) Every time you move it, (laughs) John Candy's moving it all over the place. And he's like, you stop fidgeting. And he goes, oh, but my back hurts. If I don't get it the right way, it's all messed up. And somewhere here, there's a cut where John Candy is now driving and Steve Martin's riding shotgun and you can't see Steve Martin or the back of his seat because it's straight back. <laughs> and the line is you don't see Steve Martin or his seat. You just see John Candy driving the car, and you, you hear you hear him say, you broke the seat. <laughs> 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 and he's not on camera. He's nope. not in the shot at all. <laughs> he's completely flat. <laughs> he's in the car, but you, in the front seat, and you can't even see the
4: seat. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to mess with it. Yeah. Uh, it was I fine it, when I it was fine when I got out. Yeah, all right.
3: <laughs> and this is after they've been on the road for like two days. True, yeah. They took a bus, they he walked across the runway, all this <laughs> stuff, and now the seat's broken, he's laying straight back. So yep.
0: Funny. Yep. God. I I love also in that um when John Candy's adjusting the seat, there's just a shot of Steve Martin driving, and somehow John Candy like comes into frame as if his chair is going this way like it went sideways yeah right like that's not a what you know (laughs) and steve martin's like "Mm." god (laughs) kills me man and Mm. then the next thing is john candy like dancing to everybody everybody do the mess around and i'm like rachel can we just have another hour of John Candy dancing to these songs? Cause I'm just playing like, the the phantom
3: keyboard. Absolutely. Yeah, and the what saxophone kills, and God. what kills me is he's doing that while Steve Martin is in the broken front seat trying to sleep. <laughs> no. He's trying to sleep, and this guy's got the radio blaring and he's like rocking out. But he's not singing
0: out loud because he doesn't want to wake him up. He's, <laughs>
3: yeah. he's lip syncing it.
2: So, so funny. funny and he and then of course spinning he, out, right? Well, he throws he the cigarette
0: stuck. out the out the window, which then gets sucked back into the back seat, which yep. then makes the car start getting a little hot, which then makes him want to take off his coat, which gets caught on the right, you know, thing. A lumbar support. The, yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's the lotzi of him trying to get this out. And he's like, ah fuck, I'll just do this other hand and get that out first. And then that one gets stuck. And then he's, you know, doing this, and he's driving with his knees. And then the spin out and Steve Martin finally wakes up. What happened? Ah, avoided a deer There's deer in the road. Yeah. yeah. Right. God. But it's those moments. It's these moments that just endear you to John candy where you're like, you know, he just him, his true soul self, just like jamming out in the car. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we had an acting teacher once that said acting is doing something private in public, you know, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. him just doing his, just, no one's around like it's one of the my favorite things about living in Colorado now is like having a car instead of ha- you know commuting via subway i get to like you know fucking jam out if i want to or have it quiet if i want to or whatever but yeah. like dancing and singing in the car there's nothing better and there's nothing better than when you're at a red light and you turn to your right and you see someone else just go into town like mm-hmm. jamming out fully in their car i love it
3: it's the thing i missed most about not living in New York city is driving a car and being able to like sing and listen to my own music in the car and do whatever I want and have that solace and that like sanct- that sanctity of that space being your own. Yes. Cause you get on the, I mean, granted, I don't have to really work much in the office anymore. I go in once a week because everybody works from home now, but
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, even that just getting on the subway, none of it's yours. The car is your space, you know? Yep.
0: Yep. It's one of Brett's favorite things is when people play music out loud
3: for everyone to hear. Oh yeah. I want the whole train to blow up when someone plays music out loud.
2: Oh yeah! <laughs> I, got
3: a, I got on a train one time from times square to the East village. I was going to union square at like two o'clock in the morning after a shift at work. And I, I sat down on one of those long benches. There were probably eight or 12 people in the whole car, plenty of seats left, but one guy sat on the big bench right across from me and he had a guitar amplifier. And he was playing not playing like on guitar just had the radio on on this amp amplifier oh an amplifier God, he had entered sam in by metallica just full blast on an amplifier on the subway and what are you going to do tell him to turn it off any person that's willing to do that is a psycho <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine, imagine you getting on the subway with an amplifier that's loud enough to ruin everybody's night on the car and you're like, you know what, fuck everybody and you turn up whatever song you want as loud as you want it. Yeah, that's, that is a person who doesn't give a shit about anybody.
4: Yeah, it's a socio, it's sociopathic. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. All right. So then, you know, the next kind of Latsy that happens is the, you know, the wonderful scene of John Candy driving the the wrong way on the highway and the the car yes. across the on the other side, rolling the window.
3: Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> uh, you're going the wrong way. And how how dis- do they know where we're going? How dismissive yeah. Steve Martin is of them. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Thank, Thank you. you. OK, OK. Have a good yeah. night. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Yeah, I mean this movie You're like. Gonna
2: just... kill somebody.
0: Yeah. I'm, okay. Ooh. Does the drinking like? <laughs> this movie just is like re- unrelentless. Like it just like the next scene, another thing, another thing, another it is bit, relentless. another bit. Yeah. It is unrelenting, unrelentingly relentless. Is yeah. It is relentlessly unrelenting in its comedy. Yes. Um. But I love like I just love the. Kind of you. You see it in Home Alone too. Like this, it reminds me of Home Alone. But when they when he cuts through the two semis, yes. and everyone's like, ah! and then it cuts Kimi's to the big skeleton adventure,
3: where they have the skeletons, like yeah, like large Margie yeah. kind of uh-huh. yeah,
0: yep, the skeletons. And then he looks over, and John Candy's in a big stupid devil costume <laughs> that you get from Spirit <laughs> Halloween, just yeah. laughing. It's brilliant. It's hilarious to me. It's mm-hmm.
3: hilarious, you know. And I love when they well they get to the they get to the end of that they like cut through the um the two semis they're going (laughs) down the highway the wrong way they've they've done the establishment shot probably five shots six shots before because they cut back and forth between the car that's trying to warn them in their car a bunch of times so maybe it's 10 or 15 shots i don't know but when they go through the the two semis and the, and like you said, the skeletons and junk candies and the devil outfit and they get through, the mirrors are gone, the whole car is scratched <laughs> up and the whole thing. Uh, when they stop, Steve Martin pulls his fingers out of the dashboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like welded almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're so deeply dug into the dashboard that he has to make an effort like and like yep. rip them out. Yep, and, and the sound effect thing, that comes. Candy, yeah. And there were imprints in the dashboard where his fingers yeah. were. And yeah. the and I just the think that's so funny.
0: Flush like down like he had like yeah, folded it John downward. Candy, like he bent it over.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> oh my God. So good. The next thing I wanted to just kind of call out was was the choreography of you know, again, timing of comedy, you know, like what makes things funny and the choreography of this. So they finally get out of the car. Side note, John Candy does the thing that every dude does like, oh, yeah, no, just buff that right out. No, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, just give <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's not that big of a deal. And it looks like the
3: car got run over by a train.
0: Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. And they go and they just, and the shot is uh, at their backs. We, we're looking at their backs sitting on the trunk. And then yeah, you they see They pulled us, that off the highway. All that yep. stuff spilled out onto the highway. Right, and John Candy does the, like, walk away, like, I guess I should get my stuff off the highway. Oh, my back. <laughs> oh, this is going to suck so bad. Oh, and it goes on for just, like, a half second too long. So they're sitting on the trunk, and there's just this really subtle lighting shift and a little subtle sound effect where you just kind of hear a...
2: Yeah. And then go. just a <clears> little,
0: <throat> yep, and then just a little bit of yellow on their back, and you're like, hmm. That sounded like a fire. And then you see John Candy turn around, face forward. Steve Martin turn around, face forward. And now we're at, now we cut to their faces and we see the car on fire in the background. And then you see both of them look at each other. Both of them look back. Both of them look at each other again. You know, like just the regimented, element of that when you break it down it's not funny at all because it's all choreographed but when you watch it you're like that is hilarious you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. and then that just like laugh that steve martin's like i don't know what else to do at this point but i just gotta laugh
4: right like how could it possibly get worse than this
3: (laughs) right like the car is now on fire well what i also love about that moment and i think it it's perfect because it feeds into Steve Martin is you see the sign on the side of the highway, Chicago 100. And I think it's two miles. So just another two hours in their home. Yeah. Right. He's so close, but 102 miles is far too far to walk driving. That's a couple hours walking. That's a few days if you're lucky. So it's like, (laughs) <laughs> that demented crazy they're on the highway in the middle of the night on thanksgiving morning at this point right yeah right yeah it's like you know probably 2 a.m thanksgiving morning and their car is on fire all their shit's on fire except the trunk and the whatever where's your wallet oh it's in the car <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> and even even before we get to that thing it's like i'm i'm laughing because you finally fucked yourself you rented this car right with your money and how are you going to return it Oh, I got it with shower wings. Wait, wait a minute. That's not right. How'd you get it with shower... Okay, I took your card. Give me a card back! And it's like... <laughs> and, you know, where they're, like, throwing yeah. each other across. You like, know, I can't that give you the card right. back. Why can't you give me the card back? Because, like, put it in your wallet. And then it's like... <sighs> <sighs> glove
3: compartment. Fuck. Could've used that. Don't yeah. forget my wallet here in the glove compartment. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: it's probably, like... 10 p.m. on Wednesday night because then they go to the hotel yeah. and we get another great lotsy of, like, you know, yeah. how about $17 in
3: this watch?
4: <laughs> yes. And it's a really to say that, nice watch. Because that's
3: yeah. the watch. That's the second, aside from the animation, that's the second shot in the movie is his watch. Yeah, is his watch. Which yep. is super nice.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: He gets his thing and John Candy goes... He's like, what do you have? You have a watch? Which this guy also is a, an actor. The, the guy who plays this, uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't think he has a name. I think he's just called. The motel. Clerk yeah, second player. motel clerk, Martin Ferrero. Um, you'll have seen him in a bunch of stuff. Mainly like. In Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yep. Played the lawyer in Jurassic Park. Yeah. I just love, again, John Candy's just, you know, like takes his watch off and then like tries to show it on his arm. Yeah. What do you, what do you have? I have $2.00.
4: And a Casio <laughs> mm-hmm. drags down his which forearm, which is now going to be the line that I go to anytime anybody asks me for anything, or like <laughs> even if like I have an opinion. Brett, what do you think about that? I uh, I have two dollars in a Casio. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> that's my new podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, two dollars in absolutely. Casio.
0: There's also some again specific comedic brilliance from John Candy. Maybe it's from John Candy. Who knows who it's actually from? But Steve Martin pulls out the bills, and they're flat, more mm-hmm. or less. John Candy pulls out the bills, and they're crumpled. So he has to uncrumple yeah. one. I've got crumple one, two dollars. You know, like, he don't even know how much. Like, maybe this is a five. Great character maybe this choice, is, man, you it's, know? It's fantastic. Like, I yeah, love it. great character
3: choice. So like, that great. money, the money that he has gets, like, shoved into a pocket. It's not a thing that goes into its dedicated place. Right. Steve right. Martin has a wallet or a wallet clip or whatever it is, money clip. Mm-hmm. John Candy, it's like, here's money I shoved in there a while ago, and here's the rest of the money I shoved in there a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't have too many more notes, but I just, I, I wanted to say I like the, um, you know, this second hotel scene in or motel or whatever it is that the, um, the sort of contrast between this one and, and the first one, you know, we get a little bit of the sappiness of Steve Martin, finally asleep and like, ah, oh, finally. And then, ah, oh, man, he's out there. It's cold. We start feeling bad for Dell because he's talking to himself and talking to his wife, you mm-hmm. know, which at this point in the movie, we still don't know what Anything. the deal is there. He's trying to get like, home to his wife. you yeah. think. Right. Right. Um, but I just love that. They're like just
3: drinking and, you know, eating Doritos and, I love I love how messy this is. I love how much of a survivalist moment this is. Yeah. Steve Martin's laying in bed surrounded by like Doritos wrappers Just and like junk food shit. and booze. <laughs> yeah. John Candy is sitting up in a like a white t-shirt, I think, smoking a cigarette with like Doritos and nips all around yep. him. Yep. That's what they're doing in a shitty motel with an M. Motel. <laughs> yeah. They're drinking bottom shelf liquor. Yep. Junk food, just trash. And there's trash all in the bed, but their spirits aren't dampened. They're joking around with each other, laughing, and they're even toasting each other's wives. Yep. And this is one of my
0: favorite lines in this movie. And it's honestly a line that's going to stick with me for a while. And I think partially because of the way it was delivered from John Candy. But Steve Martin says, What do you love your wife? And John Candy says, Love is not a big enough word. And I went, yeah, man, that one hit me this time through. I really, yeah, it's, it's a great line. It's really wonderful. It is a great line. Yeah. And his, his vulnerability when he says it, I mean, he just sort of like, he doesn't look at Steve Martin. He kind of just like looks off, looks up or looks down and just, you, you know, in acting terms, whatever he sees that target drop. And he sees Mm -hmm. everything there and just goes, I, there's not love.
3: Love is a four letter word. I can't. No. But when he looks back to Steve Martin and confirms it, he ha- you're exactly right. He has all of that thought work. But when he looks back at Steve Martin, he has exactly what you said, that very, he had all that thought work. And again, you don't know this if you've never seen the movie until this point. Mm-hmm. Later you find out some more. But, but here, when he just says, love is not a big enough word, after he's had that thought work, it's like, wow, he, you know, this guy really does genuinely love his wife he's he's enamored with her like they have a very special
2: relationship yeah right yeah. you know and, and steve
3: martin basically is like oh cheers all right good drink good night go to bed yeah you know right and i, I remember at this know. point in the movie is
0: like there's something weird you know he did mention that he hadn't been home in years and
2: mm-hmm.
0: are they divorced is she with someone else you know whatever but even even this time through i was just like when when it comes out that you know at the very end when he had when you know his, his wife had died eight years ago or whatever. I was like, Oh mm-hmm. fuck. Right. She's dead. I, every time that catches me off guard, I'm always like, Oh, right. Cause they got a divorce or, you know, she left him for right. someone else, but it's, it's, it's more tragic. You know, he, yeah, she loves him when he says in that first hotel room, I love me. My wife loves me in the present, mm-hmm. even right. though he knows that she died almost a decade ago. It wasn't, you know, we're, we're sort of led to believe that someone as annoying as Dell couldn't hold down a love of his life, couldn't have a wife and a family. Yeah, He's
3: too yeah. annoying. He doesn't have any money. And this and that, blah, 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 blah. This movie's 1987. That means his wife died in the 70s.
2: Yeah. You right. know,
3: and he still He's been alone he speaks for... about wives and his wife in general. He speaks about her like she's still at home. Mm-hmm. And he speaks about her in the highest regard. He never has yeah. an unkind word. He t- talks to her, like you said, in the car, he talks to her. Everything is, you know, um, there's still this huge connection to her that's still there for him yeah. that, you know, is, it, this is a comedy, but a lot of comedy, you know, comedy, the basic formulas, tragedy plus timing. And here's this poor guy. He's annoying, sure, but he's not a bad guy. No. Not
2: a bad guy. He's and, just doing
3: his best. <laughs> and you find out all this time later, like, oh, oh. Uh, I feel bad that I ever was upset with you. I was exactly. annoyed with you. I was, I feel bad for all of that stuff. I'm so sorry, man. You know?
0: Yeah. hundred percent. hundred
3: percent. And it makes it more
0: tragic because you're like, his wife does love him as much as he loved her. And he got the short end of the stick from cancer or whatever right. it was that killed her. And, and, and you now it, you just know she's it, gone. And, and when that information comes is at the very end of the movie, there's like t- two minutes left of the damn movie. They go back to yeah. their house and then we get the fucking, I'll get there when we get there. But I just say this to say, like, you don't have time to process all of what led, like who Dell is right. um, with this new information because the movie just ends. Whereas like now when you're like, oh, he, she died. Oh my God. Well, that's why he's always on the road. That's why he can't sit still because he can't
2: Mm -hmm. exist
0: right in a place
3: without her. I need to always be moving. I can't just sit in my memories. Even one thing that we, we didn't talk about, but it does happen in the movie in the first hotel room that they share. When Steve Martin's getting ready, when John Candy unpacks, he unpacks like an eight and a half by 11 photo of his wife Mm -hmm. in a frame and he puts it on the nightstand. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, he still he still loves her to the point where he puts that, that picture out of her. Yeah. It's so sad. It really it's is. So sad. sad.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's why when those moments of of gravity really kick in for for Del Griffith and, and the way that John Candy plays him, where he's like, you know, I'm an easy target. And it's a self-depreciative, you know. Statement, but it's also a way that Dell Griffith feels about himself. Like, yeah, sure, I'm an overweight single dude that has nothing. Fine, pick on me. I love
3: me, and my wife loves me, so fuck off. And knowing that his wife died, you're like, oh god, dude. Yeah, he's like stuck in this version of. And the thing is, he's like we said, he's not a bad guy. And for Steve Martin, i made being annoyed with him. Fine, but like Steve Martin doesn't know any of that stuff. And like you said, I love me, or I like me, like my wife likes me, right? That whole idea is he's still, no pun intended here, like married to this idea of who he was, hmm. or maybe he's the same person, but it's eight years later. He's got to be a different person. His wife passed away eight years ago, mm-hmm. but that idea—that's so—it's like quadrupled down. Sad, horribly sad. Yeah, and uh, then he's this sort this of like guy.
0: stuck in this cyclical you yeah. know, whatever of like, I'll just sell these shower rings until I go to the next place and go with the flow. And then at the end of the movie, you kind of feel like, Oh, finally he found his friend, his family, you know, though I'll just say it now. So I don't have to say it later. The, that ending shot when Steve Martin and his wife are, you know, being all lovey dovey it's family time. Everything's great. And then it cuts back to John Candy and he just like looks up at them and then looks down and then looks up one more time and smiles, and then it's a freeze frame, and that's how it ends. And you're like, "That's not really a happy ending." Like, no,
3: this is horrible
0: for John Candy. I, you know, I for specifically
3: Del. said here, like, this ending is very for such a for such a buddy movie. I mean, they pull their fingernails out of the dash. The car breaks down. John Candy works it out where they take a frozen meat truck home to Chicago, and then they end up at Steve Martin's house. Mm-hmm. You know, or they end up at the train. Steve Martin buys him a ticket and they go their separate ways. But Steve mm-hmm. Martin puts it all together. It's a very quick segment. He yep. puts it all together. Like something's fucked up. He's not going home. So mm-hmm. he goes back to the train station and he's there alone. And then he goes, what are you doing here, Del? What are you doing here? You going home to your wife? I thought And he said, oh, and I forget his
2: wife's name, but she died eight years ago. I don't have a home. Steve Martin kind of, mm-hmm. you know frowns and then the next shot i think of them
3: is them like either getting a cab or walking down the street to steve martin's house
2: yeah it's both of
3: them
0: carrying the trunk down the the trunk yeah yeah the trees which is my favorite shot of the movie
3: yeah it's a great that's a great shot outside the beautiful home and Mm -hmm. and i think he says like all right you're a lucky guy or whatever and they walk in and it's like their parents are there her parents are there his parents are there his kids Kids, are there she's there you know and and like you said, it's a it's a it's a thing where like Steve Martin and his wife get back together, and then he, exactly as you described, looks up, looks down, looks up, and smiles and freeze frame in it. And I, the literally the words I wrote were, weird end, because mm-hmm. it's a really weird way to end the movie. John Candy's not happy.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's well, gonna he, be home. He's gonna have Thanksgiving he he...
3: for someone, but he's watching this buddy of his have what he misses yeah what he used to have right a billion times over it's a weird it's it's kind of happy but it's a very sad ending i think yeah. yeah it's it's happy on paper like maybe mathematically it's happy but it's not junk candy is still suffering yeah. and a dinner and a place to stay is not going to it might help him but it's not going to change it right you know
0: yeah it's a complicated thing cuz it's like you know they're he is happy in that, you know, Steve Martin of his own accord comes up and says, We are friends and I want you there.
3: And that's something right. that Dell hasn't had since his wife died, probably. And when he introduces him to their his family and their and his wife's family, it's this is my friend Dell. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like, oh, you love that. But then it's yeah. also that double edged sort of like,
3: and yet I won't have this again right. It's like, now you get to sleep on my couch while I go upstairs to my loving companion. It's really sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. I agree completely. Yep.
0: Um, and I think it's like a band aid ending,
3: you know, for him, not for Steve Martin, but for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, I think why John Hughes stuff still resonates as well. Another reason is that like, it's a focus on the normal everyday dude, you know, like, I'm a single dude. The holidays have been hard for the last few years for me because, you know, movies in the buff, strip away the bullshit, right? You go, it's the same feeling, you know, you go to these, you know, and everyone has their couple, everyone has a thing, and everyone's cuddling around the campfire or the fire and doing the thing. I'm like, yeah, this is all well, and I enjoy being with family and all that, but it also is like, yeah, you want your person. You want to be with that person that also you can have that thing. And so there is that complicated emotions that come around the holidays that as what this movie deals with, with travel and friends and family and relationships. I mean, everything, but yeah, that one definitely hit me in a different light, this ending than it had in the past because of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, th- and again, I know we, we skipped a couple of things. The only, I think the only thing we have to make sure we talk about is the scene with Michael McKeon.
3: Oh yeah. He's a state
2: trooper.
4: Yeah. Brett. No, I, I, I the scene with Michael McKeon's great. I mean, the the, do you think this car is safe for highway travel?
2: <laughs>
4: yes, yes I, him, do. I do. Yes I do.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> As he's sitting in a burnt ass with all, oh my god!
3: It's so funny too because it's like uh, one of my favorite Bill Burr uh, <laughs> descriptions of all time. He talks about someone just being full of shit, and he goes, "It's like a it's like a kid in school who's given a book report that didn't read the book." like that's kind of what this feels like he's so he's glad handing everything he's like well none of the gauges work but you know the radio radio still works he's just trying to fill the air with positive energy let them
4: go right right
3: right
0: and and when he says like do you know how fast you're going well officer to tell you the truth the The, yeah, the, the speedometer's d-
3: melted. It's so melted. I couldn't tell you with any accuracy how fast I was going. And then he tells him, like, you know better than me. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know-
0: <laughs> and the earnestness that John Candy's like, well, you know, yeah. Like you said, fill in the air, that positive vibes. Like, no, I, I you know, she might not look like a lot, but she gets you where you're going.
3: Yep. Which is the LeBaron <laughs> motto, which is so yeah. funny that that's what it was.
0: Oh, man, apparently yeah. that scene with Michael McKeon was supposed to be twice as long and got cut for time purposes um, uh, in one of these, you know, special features interviews. Again, they he mentioned like the reason that I chose to take this cameo part was that I had v- the character had valuable information that the car that they were driving, you know, he was supposed to say, where are you headed? And they say Chicago and he, the cop was supposed to say, you drove past Chicago. You're three mm. hours past. Oh. You're, it's that way. You know, uh. but all of that got cut. And so then as apparently when, when that bit of information wanted to get cut for time purposes, the rest of the scene, John Candy and Steve Martin get out of the car and have a whole nother like explosion moment of just like, are you kidding me? We drove past the whatever, whatever. But because the drove past moment got cut, then the
3: rest of it had to get cut too. Which is funny because you mentioned Dumb and Dumber borrowing so much earlier. That's literally a scene in Dumb and Dumber. Right. Where he, Lloyd Christmas drives past where they're supposed to go and he goes the wrong way for like 300, 400 miles or something. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. 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 It's great. I mean, and you know, I think, I think it's a great cameo that, that McKean has. I mean, he. Oh yeah.
3: Such a bit part, but great. And there's just like a wire frame of the roof because it's yeah, There's like nothing left on top. Right.
4: The car is the car is fucking torched. Like,
3: <laughs> like, like literally to the point where John Candy had said to Steve Martin, "Like wasn't that seat
4: so hot after we drove it when it was burned?" <laughs> I'm like a fucking whopper. I'm gonna have griddle marks on my backside. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that was one of the things they were laughing at in the hotel. Yeah. Like, when they get like out of the car, yeah. the
0: the car is still smoking. Smoking. Yeah. yeah.
3: So yeah. funny, man.
0: It is so it is funny. Really funny. Did you guys notice, like, so they, you know, they when they get back into the car after the hotel night and, and they back into the room or whatever and then go out, right? You know that, what I'm talking about? So we, we spend a lot of time with them backing into the hotel. Tr- oh, shit, you know, jump in the car and leave. And we follow the car as it, like, pulls out of the snowpack and then goes out of the parking lot. First time I've ever noticed this. Wonderful bit of comedy for me they were fo- again we focused on that car for so long the car pulls out and then starts going toward the road and the left blinker is on and the okay. car pulls out and the left blinker's on and it starts to go left and then uh, goes right and turns right <laughs> on the, the street and i just it was such a small detail that i found myself giggling so hard cuz i was just so expecting the car to turn left cuz the left blinker was on you know right
3: Right. Uh, so tiny moment. And it, I just wanted to say that. And there's so much there. Is it, is one of them saying go left and they change their mind? Is one of them arguing it's left and no, it's right? And they, right. you know, there's so is much. Is the blinker just not working because a car was torched?
0: Exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. There's so many, yeah. there's so much opportunity with that little yep. detail. Yeah. You know, right. yep. Yeah. But honestly, like you, like you said, it's kind of a weird ending. It would have almost been better if he met. Neil pardon me, not Neil, if he met Dell at the station and just insisted he come to his house for Thanksgiving and then Dell showed up and it was over, type mm-hmm. of a thing.
0: When when Steve Martin's sitting on the train thinking about fantasizing about Thanksgiving and family and it's this weird like 80s music video look where the music's going and it's like the wife pulls out the pie, holds it there for the camera to see and then keeps going. And then it's like the wife like turning over this and that or whatever. And I feel like that could have been juoped up. I don't need any of that. And then when a- he finally goes to the house and sees his wife, there's a lot of time that's just like lovey-dovey time with him and his wife when I don't care about like all of this story is for Steve Martin to get home to his family and I don't care about his family I care about him and John Candy
4: yeah I I, I think you're right <laughs> there's also
3: there's a there's a lot and I wrote this earlier much earlier and I never said it there's a lot of synthesizer in this movie holy shit yeah it is you know, so much that I'm like wow this is this is
4: this is a lot yeah, it's like eighties late 80s. Yeah. yeah. This is, you know,
3: all you need is like Bill Collins singing over the top. And this yeah. is In the Air Tonight, a lot of the soundtrack. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it's a lot. Even there's a scene one time where there's a, there, when they get on, I think it's once they both get on the train, but they have to get separated. And there, there's a shot where the train is coming around a corner under like an overpass of a bridge of some kind. And the train is ch- 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 chugging through And there's all this black smoke coming out of the top of the train And It's a synthesizer again And he's talking to the little girl next to him And oh, oh, no, it's yeah, I'm so excited And it's
2: This <laughs> is <like, "What?" laughs> Beverly dude, Hills hear, Cop
0: Did you hear over the credits The music over the credits Yeah, It's that synthesizer But they remix it with lines From the movie It's like, doo, 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 doo. I'm Del Griffith. It's like, it's horrible. The mu- We haven't talked about the music at all because the music's horrible. Like that weird music remix is, is horrible. <laughs> it was probably super hip when it came out. But it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, I think that remix, yeah, that, that remix really does get me. Because it's also like, this movie isn't like a hip 80s movie. It's not like 16 Candles or yeah. Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller even. Like, these are dealing with older characters, adult characters. So to have it be like the youthful, hip yeah, music landscape is weird. Yeah, I didn't know until this watch-through. Because I was watching, you know, I was watching this and I let, I let the credits roll as I was, you know, um, taking notes or whatever just listening to this weird ass music and then there's an after credit scene anyone I know there's an after credit that. scene i didn't Brad, watch did it. you know there was an after credit scene mm-hmm. all the times i've watched it never knew so the whole credits go and then it cuts back to the ad exec in new york still looking at <laughs> <laughs> And it, it takes like, I mean, it's a long, it's not like five minutes, but it's like 60 seconds of silence of him just still doing that. So if it's even another
3: funny. minute, that's very funny. It,
0: it was, was very, that funny. Is very funny. I just love this movie. This movie is so fun. And, and um, I'm so glad that we did this. And I, I'm, again, I'm fucking shocked. Biggest revelation is that you, John O'Connor, have never seen this movie. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. It. <clears throat> yep. Totally thought we were going into this because John was like, oh, Planes Trains, I love that movie. We'll watch that one.
3: No, it was more like when you, you know, we're planning this ahead of time. We're planning it in November to set up for the holiday. And it was just, you know, well, we've got all these holiday movies. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is on the list. If that's a Thanksgiving movie. It's like, well, then let's just do two,
0: you know? Yeah, Might as well. Yeah. Which is a good lead-in to what you were saying there was, so when do
3: you watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I mean, it's a great, it's a great movie to watch getting, I mean, I just watched it this week, but. It's a great movie to watch getting ready for Thanksgiving leading up to Thanksgiving. I mean, after, after Thanksgiving, it might be a little weird. It's like, I'd rather watch a Christmas movie than this after Thanksgiving, but I don't have any, the only Thanksgiving tradition that I really have. I mean, I go to see my family and stuff, but the only one I really have is I every year growing up as a kid, most of, I will say that again. Most of the rock stations in New England would play Alice's Restaurant at noon on Thanksgiving every year. Most Hmm. of them. But rock stations don't really exist anymore. At least in New England, they don't. Uh, And if they do, they're like the old rock. It's classic classic rock stuff. yeah. You know, or it's like the 90s alternative, whatever, station. They don't do that anymore. So I don't have any... I have Halloween stuff and Christmas stuff. But there's no real Thanksgiving stuff. Uh, this could kind of be cool for a Thanksgiving tradition to watch this and, and just enjoy it. Cause it's, I don't think Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that, especially in America, everybody partakes in, but there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of hype around it. It's like, I'm going to eat and get drunk and watch football and shop. And then, yeah. yeah and then, then and now, yeah. especially now with, Digital media and everything—you're gonna maybe wake up early and go to the store, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The delineation
0: always becomes like it's Halloween or Christmas. Yeah, like Thanksgiving gets skipped. Yeah,
3: Thanksgiving is a big meal. Yeah, and there's a parade and a football game, whatever. Yeah, but and then it's Christmas time. (laughs) And then it's Christmas time, and that's it. Brett, do you (laughs) think that there is that that
0: you could watch planes, trains, and automobiles outside of the month of November for you? Like, could you watch it in July? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why
4: not? <laughs> would you? What, where, when would you
0: watch this movie? No, I, I would watch
4: wa- I would watch it Thanksgiving week. This is yeah, yeah. leading up I to think, Thanksgiving I, I think week. this is this is the the preeminent Thanksgiving movie. The the you know everybody has arrived with varying levels of travel stress. Uh <laughs> And now we can watch it the Wednesday before thanks the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would be depressed mm-hmm. if I watched this in July. Yeah.
3: Like, oh, God, this guy and his wife, I know she's dead. And <laughs> <laughs> in a few months, I still don't have abs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: I could see me watching this movie in like still in the wintertime, like when it's cold out. Like, I could still see me watching this movie in like February, March, maybe, but. Yeah, I mean, I, where this movie sits for me is, like, I, I like watching this movie at the beginning of November, like, or after Halloween, to get me past the scary movie Halloween feeling into the more Thanksgiving holiday time. So, like, first yeah. week of November, I'm like, oh, good, now we're in
3: Thanksgiving time. So, that's kind of when I watch this movie. That's a good call, because that, everything yeah. between Halloween and Thanksgiving is just holiday purgatory. Yep. Um
0: so judy dench johnny Con johnny connor wow judy dench john o'connor
3: who is your mvp for this movie mvp is john candy there's no doubt and it's not steve martin is a comedic genius there's no question about it but you can't the straight man doesn't exist without the guy that's the problem or the joker or whatever and that's john candy and did john candy Steve Martin plays a a straight man that has a family that wants to get home to see his family. John Candy plays the deeper character. John Candy is the best in this movie, I think, yep, hands down.
0: I agree 100% the sincerity, the depths of emotion that he brings, while also being absurd and saying crazy fucking shit this movie makes me want to give John Candy a hug and it makes me so sad that we don't have him around. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, most John Candy movies, I don't know of any other John Candy movie where we really do get a lot of that depth that we see here. You know, you get it a little bit in other movies, of course, but this really does, like you said, tragedy meets timing. I mean, John Candy has lived a, Del Griffith has lived a tragic life the last eight years. And the timing of him meeting Steve Martin's character Mm -hmm. is why the camera show up is why we have a movie. So. 100% yeah, right. agree. Brett. I'm in the same boat. Nothing yep. to add. Yep. Same boat. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, this has been a fantastic uh uh first ever Thanksgiving special. Uh surprise listeners, <laughs> you were expecting right. Michael Clayton today. Uh you are not getting Michael Clayton. <laughs> Sorry suckers. Sorry suckers. You're getting Michael Clayton next Monday. Monday, November 29th. 23rd 9th 29th you were right Monday November 29th next week uh, you'll get our uh, last episode Michael Clayton and then December 6th we will have our storyboard episode uh, where we will let you in on all of our movies for the, for, uh, the next month or so uh, so you can always follow us Facebook and Instagram Movies in the Buff Twitter Buff Movies email Watching movies in the Buff at gmail.com um, and you know please rate review subscribe we do have a couple fellow podcasts that I do want to call out I know You know, things have been wild this year. You know, Brett and I went down to, you know, two two a month versus eight (laughs) at one point. So, you know, John O'Connor, you do have a podcast, though it's a little bit, you know, in flux right now. But what is your
3: podcast and where can people listen to it? My podcast is called Spectacular Show. It's a comedic podcast. I predominantly talk about video games or movies. It is on everything I think except for Stitcher. I think it's everywhere else. It should be on Google Podcasts. It should be on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcast, Podbean, you name it. So yeah, Spectacular Show, please feel free to check it out and download. There's plenty to listen to. And that's on on, uh, uh, social media. Where is that? Uh, You can go on Instagram and look up Spectacular Show Pod or on Facebook with Spectacular Show.
0: Great. And last little plug, your lovely partner has a podcast that I think might also be on hiatus, but still
3: episodes yeah. to listen to. And what is that podcast and what, where can they find My out? girlfriend, Samantha, has been sick for a little while, but her podcast, which is on hiatus until she gets better, is called Big Face Podcast. And you can find that on basically all of the same outlets as she also has her podcast on youtube so if you look up samantha jane tilton and you look up big face podcast a lot of holiday travel a lot of
0: podcast time we'll have links of those in our bio uh so you can find spectacular show and big face podcast uh cool and with that we gotta have our our outro line i'll go ahead and go first Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Babytown.
4: <laughs> Dell, why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? In Babytown. That is in Babytown.
3: <laughs> I got one too.
4: Hell yeah, do it. <laughs> I need to stop laughing. Hang on. It gets funnier the more you think about it. Yeah, it really is. Uh, okay. Take
2: the
3: fucking baby to the baby fucking town. Not the town that fucks babies, but baby <laughs> town. The the
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my God, dude. That's so perfect.
3: Three o'clock, everybody. It's about that time. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been, like. How did you
0: survive that whole thing? Like it right was, behind you. Know what? It you was, like
3: it was funny. There was a girl sitting next to me, and I didn't look over at her in my peripheral vision. I just saw her pull her t-shirt over her nose <laughs> and make herself a mask. Oh, yeah, it man. was. It just. I don't remember if I slept or if I. I don't think so because I was on the overnight then, so I don't think I would have gone to bed, but. Yeah. I probably either played a video game or or something and just like had my coat over my face
0: or something. Yeah, eventually get used to the smell, yeah. I guess. And vomit smell is uh,
2: ugh. Yeah. Bad. No. I'm going to We got to I'm going to We got to move on. I'm going to start gagging.